here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? Just thinking about this match, and I'm standing and pacing in my den. He's just Makazi now. He's not okay, so so Makazi. He's not a kid anymore. He's, he's, he's a boy. Ten years he's a later, man. He's a man. Man, Makazi. Are you ready? He got PWS superstar Brian Buck, <laughs> and he was gone in two minutes. <laughs> In go Bernalis. In Bernalis. In go Bernalis. You're missing a B there, but that's. There's a B. This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. Oh, you're having a wank, are you? And it's like no. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cringe. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I am Rich Cringe alongside, as always, the king of banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanz. No banter. No banter this week. We got no. I was gonna say we have literally. We we always say that. We always say we're not gonna do it, and then we kind of you know uh, we'll playfully do it for like ten minutes. We no, (laughs) none. I don't want to know how your day is. I don't give a shit, Joe. Okay. I don't care how my day was. Exactly, because we got shit to talk about. We got a lot of shit to talk about. It was a busy week. Man, it, 2016 started, and it was you know nice and cool for the first few days. And then, oh, we got Wrestle Kingdom, and oh, that was a great show. And we'll, of course, talk about that later. And then, oh, the next day we get New Year's Dash. That's cool. And then just everything exploded. The day after, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, which is already a busy day for us. Anyway, we released the book over the weekend. You know, that's a, been a great success so far. Thank you for anybody who downloaded it. Wrestle Kingdom is a big show. 
everyone's kind of tired. Everyone's ready to go. Okay, good. We get a day off, and then we find out this monster story, which we're going to lead off with, of course. And it's what everyone's been talking about. But I know a lot of people have been looking for us to talk about it. It's the WWE talent raid, I guess, of of New Japan talent. Uh, we have a little bit of a a timeline here to that we'll kind of go through. Uh, Brandon Howard on our forums did it, which is a pretty good way to sort of tell the story of how everything began. But maybe I'll get your first thoughts. What do you think of this? Obviously, the big story, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson on their way to WWE gave their notice uh, to New Japan. Looks like there might be some other guys following him. But as far as what we're going to talk, we're going to talk about those four guys, particularly, I think, two guys, and that's Styles and Nakamura. What are your overall thoughts when you saw the story on, on Monday? I wasn't surprised about the three Americans at all. Nakamura kind of floored me like it floored everybody else. It's not like there hadn't been whispers of that, but I don't think anybody took it too seriously. No. Yeah, we, we had heard that like many, many months ago. So I forgot who it was. Somebody just basically it said, you know, hey, oh, Nakamura's been kind of like kind of thumbing around or he's, he might be interested. Or, and you kind of take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, OK. You know, he's going to put some cursory thing in there and see, hey, you know, can I you know, that'd be kind of cool to go over there. But you never thought it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like you, you, even if like even if someone told me, oh, he's really interested, I would just assume, yeah, of course he's interested. That seems like something. But like at the end of the day, he wouldn't, you know on the, the day of Wrestle Kingdom, say, oh, by the way, I'm leaving, so see ya. Like, it just doesn't happen. I mean, it's just so rare to happen, and, and, and Dave Meltzer and the Observer went through it. I mean, it's just this sort of thing is unprecedented. You know, Kenta leaving Noah, yeah, but that was Noah. Noah was not in a good place at that point, and, you know, but this is like the top star of the top promotion in Japan going, oh, by the way, see ya, and not to go to another promotion in Japan. It's not like a Tenru situation in the 90s or whatever. But to come to America and come to Dota V specifically is just – it's unprecedented. Yeah. And I mean what, what really struck me as odd was that they didn't give notice until like the day of the show, which – the day of Wrestle Kingdom, which you would think, all right, Anderson, Gallo, Styles, all right, maybe you know they didn't figure out what they wanted to do until that point in time. or But you would think that Nakamura – would I don't know have more respect for the company or respect mm-hmm. for his bosses like if he knew he was going to do this now if they all made the decision that day but I find it hard to believe um you know and then with hindsight being 2020 you know like we said we've heard rumblings of this for a while and just didn't take it seriously and then the other thing is if you read between the lines with some of Nakamura's promos and things that he says to the papers um you know alluding to you know being tired of the white belt he said a million times about the intercontinental title and there's nothing more i could do with this white belt and maybe it's just frustration to where he knew they were never going to push him as the top guy ever again i've actually mm-hmm. been pretty strong on that that i didn't ever get the sense that he was ever going to get pushed as the top guy ever again i thought he had his time and um, it wasn't very successful, and they 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 ultimately chose Tanahashi. Look, I'm cutting out a million details, but you know, they ultimately chose Tanahashi, and 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 it proved to be um, the correct decision. And I, I and and it's not that I don't think they didn't value Nakamura. Nakamura had a ton of value. Nakamura is a huge loss. I wrote about Nakamura in the book. And I really took a look. I don't know if you saw it or read it, but I took a look. I did, yes. Yeah, I mean, I I studied, you know, the shows that he headlined and, you know, um, and his drawing power, you know, focusing on 2015, but you could really take it back to 2014 too. He's a guy who they counted on. You go back and look at some of the shows that he headlined for that company last year, 
And look at the support that he had on those shows. It was right. non-existent. There was one no. show. <laughs> there was one show where the semi-main event was a junior tag team title match. I'm not making that up. You know, a lot of times when he headlines, uh, you know, Tanahashi would be like fourth from the top in like a six-man tag, or you know, Okada would be in a tag match teaming with Yoshihashi. Or it would be a weak singles match with like Bad Luck Fale or like a junior – like the, 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 the highest placed junior tag title match was on a show that Nakamura headlined. They gave him no support because they knew he could carry those shows and they knew he was a big enough star to do that. They were just never going to make him the man. He's been 1B. Let's face it. He's been 1B to Tanahashi's 1A. And now, do you think that's a good idea that he never was getting that opportunity or never was in your mind going to get that opportunity? Well, I, look, I think he could have – look, I, if you, like I said, if you study his drawing record, I personally think he could have drawn at the top, sure. Sure, yeah, I do too. But the thing is they were determined to create this new star in Okada and they were determined to do it by telling this four-year story with Tanahashi. So – Getting Nakamura in the mix kind of disrupts that, no? You know, you have AJ Styles in the mix as sort of the heel foil of both of them. How do you work Nakamura in too? And, and, and here's the other thing, Rich. And why bother? Because if he's already drawing for you with the secondary title and, and bringing money into the company, you know, I, look, I think he could have, but I don't have a problem with the way they, with the way they used them. Now, I will mm-hmm. say this. I think, I think, I think this year, 2016, if he would have stayed, he would have ultimately had a feud with Okada. I think that's yeah, and that's I think that's everybody kind of went that way as well. That during the summer, at some point, or or you could even make the case that even Wrestle Kingdom could have been built up to being that Nakamura Okada match that we you know we had it at the finals of the G1 a few years ago, but it's still been a fairly protected match. And, and, that and I think you know, only at G1s, 2012, right, exactly. which no one remembers. Um, wasn't a, for whatever reason, it just wasn't a very memorable match. Then they didn't wrestle in 2013. Then 2014 in the Seibu Dome, the great match yeah. that we all remember. And then this year, the great semifinal. Well, of course, not yeah, semifinal, right, right, right. but the, where the winner moves on. Essentially a semifinal. <laughs> so it's always been in the G1 because, of course, they're stable mates. But I really th- I feel like that's the direction they were ultimately going to go this year. And that's the too. giant hole that it leaves. He's a huge loss. I, you know, Anderson and Gallows, they're just depth. They mean nothing. I, I agree. Yeah. That- it, look, Anderson – Especially Gallows. Gallows means Gallows means zilch. Losing Doc Gallows is I mean, you could have lost Juice Robinson, it's the same effect in my opinion. It means absolutely nothing losing Doc Gallows. Doc Gallows, like you always say, is the greatest worker in wrestling. This guy attached himself to Carl Anderson, attached himself to Bull Club, uh, worked at half speed for two years until the last two shows. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, he was great. All of a sudden he's, he's super worker. <laughs> Mr. Try out there, yeah. I know I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah. And, and, Anderson was looking good too. He was all slim and tanned and ready to go. Yeah. It's like, Jesus. Got his wife some bookings in the meantime, a couple of times a year in New Japan. And then, and now he's parlaying that into getting back into the. And they never take anybody back. <laughs> and now, just, Especially Festus. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, this guy's the greatest worker in wrestling. You're absolutely right. But I mean, yeah, so losing those guys. And look, Carl Anderson, look, he was there forever. He was a good soldier for a lot of years. Look, people move on. 
That, that, I, I always thought they could do more with him in a singles capacity, and I was hoping, and I think I even wrote it in the book as well. I did both their profiles. I talked about this year being a year where Anderson maybe could finally sort of break off a little bit, let Gallows do whatever the hell Gallows is going to do or go back to America, and Anderson maybe at some point can get some sort of single stuff, whether it be IC title. I, I didn't know what it was, but I said, you know, this is a good opportunity because this is a guy who, like you said, he's been a, a, a solid hand. We saw every time that he's put in a position in a singles match, he delivers and delivers big. Well, turns out, you know, <laughs> probably more tags in his in his future, which it, it, you know is fine. But yeah, it, like overall, though, those two are not a big loss. And then, you know, I think you were going to get to Styles here next. You know, he's a guy that you and I both love. We think the world of him and, and and think he's a great worker and a great asset to that company. But you know, at the end of the day, yeah, yes, he was one of their drawing guys. But I sort of was resigned to the fate that there was probably not much longer for him in New Japan. I always thought that at some point, once that deal came or if a deal came in America that was worth his time and money, and if it was a WWE deal or whatever, that he would he would go there. So I kind of always resigned to that fate. And also, I just don't know that he is. You know, he's a good draw and all that. You know, I, I thought he would have fit well in the IC title. But we, like we said, he was sort of done, in my mind, as being one of those top sort of title guys. We we, we pegged him as going to the IC title. You, you know what I mean? And I think probably would have been the plan had, you know, not the stuff not gone down a little bit, is that maybe he goes in that secondary stuff. He does that mid-tier stuff for a long time and, and does a good job with that and sort of works his way there and maybe draws a few houses here and there. But he's not the monumental loss where I think Nakamura absolutely is a, a, a big deal. I think you kind of you stole my hot take because – I don't think. Look, AJ. Look, I'm not. Look, I'm not. Look, it's it's. And we love it's him. a hit. I mean, come on. Losing AJ Styles is t- that that's a hit. I don't think it's a big a hit as people think. I really don't. First of all, he's a foreigner. Um, and look, I I I spent ten minutes last week ranting on how foreigners, uh, you know, are over. You know, but uh, I'm not being hypocritical here. What I mean when I say that is, it's easier to replace these foreigners than it is the native stars, which. Very clearly they did it, New Year Dash, but we'll talk in more detail when we get to that show. But the thing with Styles is it's a loss, but I really don't think it's an enormous loss um, because I think they have a guy who can step right into his role and, and, and potentially be an even bigger draw. The thing with yeah, they, and already did. <laughs> they have already done that. That's so. what I mean. So, and, and, and the thing um, about AJ Styles is I think the one thing – he had a great run in the company and one thing that doesn't get enough play – and I've kind of been trying to, you know, pound it, pound it home on Twitter and whatnot. Is, you know, people don't remember, but, you know, when he was coming off that TNA run, this, you know, he did not have the cachet he has now. Oh God, no! I mean, that's why he's not in WWE now because you know they lowballed him offered. He was like, they no, offered him not... sixty thousand a year or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, like I'm not exaggerating. They offered. No, that's him, literally like, what it was. Under a hundred thousand yeah, right. dollars a year. <laughs> Because and and you know he because he was coming off that that you know that run in TNA where towards the end they just used him like shit and had ne- that's an under had never drawn money in his life had never drawn money in his life and I think what's underplayed here and what New Japan doesn't get enough credit for and what you know the new whipping boy Gato who's become a whipping boy over the last six months unfairly but I mean what he doesn't get nearly enough credit for. Is his debut angle an absolute bomb? He shows up. Oh, go read our review. Go read our review of it. Our review. I mean, you know how we're the you're, you know we're the the pipe organs, of course. Supposedly, of, of, yeah. But or the house organs, not the pipe yeah. organ. That doesn't make any sense. But the, but yeah, go read our reviews. I mean, you said it's like a colossal failure. I forgot your exact words, but I remember you and I texting, and we're just like, I can't believe it. This is so stupid. I the, well, you know, I remember us talking about it. What happened was we were excited about the possibility of his matches. But that angle was flat as a pancake because nobody <laughs> knew who he was. 
Right. Not a single person in the building knew who he was. So you have the announcers screaming, AJ Styles, AJ Styles, TNA, TNA. You have him you know, doing this big angle, right, shot right into the main event scene. Not a single fan in that building knew who he was. Then mm-hmm. they rush him into a main event, and it bombs. It, yeah. it absolutely bombs to epic proportions. And what do they do? They don't panic. That's the one thing. It's it. it we always talk about this. It's always a double-edged sword. The patience and the slow-moving nature and the long-term planning that gets stuck to in this company is a double-edged sword because here's an example where it worked out. They didn't press the panic button and switch gears and make him a mid-carder and give up on him despite the fact that he failed in his first two appearances. They stuck with it and the guy – and they, they believed in it and he eventually proved himself as one of what we call the big five as a legitimate drawing card to where last year he headlined a show that drew 11,500 fans. I mean, you know, so the AJ Styles run in New Japan, I, I, you know, it, it, you can't both aesthetically and from a business point of view and from the fact that it revived his career and it's presumably going to kickstart him into making a lot of money with WWE, which two years ago they, you know, they, they were going to give him $60,000. An a, a unquestionable success any way you cut it. And and even the way – even his closing angle was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, this guy just had a great run. Mm-hmm. So um, – but but I, again, I don't think it's as big a loss. I It's not even close to as big a loss as Nakamura. I'm, uh, so let, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was, I'm just done. Okay. I want to go through the timeline here a little bit because I, I think Brandon Howard did a good job of sort of detailing this. So we can kind of talk uh, about every step that sort of went through the way and, and, and reacting to it a little bit, even though we've given our overall thoughts here. Uh, but this is, so, this is on our forums, voicewrestling.com slash forums, uh, if you want to check these out. But uh, basically the timeline to, to get an idea of when all this stuff happened, because there, it's still a little cloudy. I think I think people most people get it now, but it's still it, – it, the clarification is, is definitely necessary. Uh, to sort of understand why things are the way they are and all that sort of stuff. So uh, we start off January 4th. It's the afternoon um, before the Tokyo Dome begins. The Tokyo Dome show, Russell Kingdom 10. Of course, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Nakamura, AJ Styles, Karen Anderson, Doc Ellis give notice to New Japan that they are leaving the company. Uh, the afternoon, uh, again, of Eastern Standard Time of January 4th. So our time uh, in afternoon. Uh, Court Bauer of MLW uh, breaks the news that Styles, Nakamura, and Anderson Gellows are leaving. Uh, January 4th on the evening, Wrestling Observer Radio. Of course, Dave Meltzer then confirms the news. And then Ring of Honor removes um, Styles from all the advertising for their future shows, which is another kind of interesting nugget as well. And I think we'll get to that here in a little bit when we talk about uh, Nakamura and and sort of his changing um, statuses is the Ring of Honor factor. I think people I, I know people aren't really necessarily underrating it but i think that's a big part of this whole thing like that's a company that was really you especially those two guys when you talk about bridging the gap between you know ring of honor fans and new japan fans or whatever those dudes are big losses for ring of honor who had a big year planned of you know they they announced you know multiple dates i haven't heard a thing about the chicago new japan show since i was in the building and they talked about it you know what i mean like that's a big deal and those two guys were, were, were like hallmarks or benchmarks at least of of that you know, Ring of Honor running New Japan shows. I mean, those two guys, I think more than almost anybody else on that roster, are so important to bridging that gap, and, and they're gone. And that's... I, I, I don't think that's unintentional as well. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but... Uh, in terms of what not being unintentional? Um, of the... 
a, a deliberate target of those two guys and then the oh, timing of when those two. Yes. Yeah. I think it's not just that, hey, these guys are really good from New Japan. I think it's a double – it's – it helps them in a sense that, oh, these guys are a are, are big deal in New Japan. They're really super talented workers. And they just so happen to be a big deal to Ring of Honor. Like we've seen in the past year that, that WWE, whether they can say it or not, they're really out to get Ring of Honor. More, I mean, that, more so than TNA, that's for sure. Yeah, exa- oh, God, yeah. 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 And that's, I, that's, so I, I, I'm not saying that they targeted those guys because, oh, who are the guys at Ring of Honor? I'm just saying that I'm sure it, it sort of sweetened the pot a little bit. That those two are are such a big deal to Ring of Honor as well as they I are to Japan. I don't doubt that, but I think I think the biggest thing is the network uh, was rolled out in Japan on the fourth. Correct. Was it the fourth, the fifth? Doesn't matter. One of those two days. I think it was the fifth. It was the fifth. And you know, obviously they're going to push Nakamura hard in the marketing for that, but also Styles and the Bullet Club. Whether Styles is part of Bullet Club or not, but you know, you got you got Finn Balor and you've got. You know um, Anderson and, and Gallows, and look. Here's the thing too. I would not be shocked at all if all four of those guys keep their names. I, I it wouldn't shock. Of course, yeah, of course they will. Because in this situation, you're trying to mark. That's their value, yeah. right? You know, it, the situation is a little different here. You know, and I know people are going to throw Kenta at us, but I really feel like this is different. I feel like when they acquired Kenta, I feel like that was one of Triple H's vanity acquisitions of. I've heard a lot about this guy, like I've heard a lot about Mystico, like I've heard a lot about uh, Awesome Kong, like I've heard, you know, it, it was one of his vanity, let me pluck a guy who everybody, this, this is different. This is, these guys are going to be expected to move business. And Styles well, look at, that, look at the name value. Styles and Nakamura are getting big money. Exactly. Look at the name value, the difference of if, if you walked to up to a random casual wrestling fan in, you know, a, a year ago, two years ago and said, tell me all you know about Kenta. You know what I mean? Like they're going to look at you like an idiot. They don't know who Kenta is. You, you and I know uh, people in this bubble know who Kenta is. But if you talk to a casual fan about Shinsuke Nakamura and now in, in 2015, 2016, there's a way better chance they know who the hell he is. You know what I mean? So that's why, yeah, I'm right with you on that. They're 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 not going to change his name. I, I really don't believe that. The value is in that name. The value is in advertising Shinsuke Nakamura on the WWE Network. I mean that, yeah, I, it'd be it'd be asinine to try to change his name. I think that would be a terrible move, and I, I I just don't see it. I'm, I'm right with you. I just I would be shocked if that that did occur. Because I just see these four guys and 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 Finn Balor along with the Bullet Club and Kenta, to be fair, to be a big part of the the marketing for the for the network in Japan. So and and and. You know, they know that this made news in Japan and the news and, – and that's another thing too. You know, that's another thing too I, I want to point out that just to show how much bigger it is lose Nakamura, he was in the papers all week. You know what I mean? Yeah. AJ Styles got a little thing in the papers when they did the angle, but Nakamura has been in the papers all week. It's a much bigger loss and it, it just is. But I, I think that this has a lot to do with the network rolling out in Japan and I think it also has to do with you know NXT becoming an all-out touring worldwide brand. It's not developmental territory anymore. I mean, we've we've talked about that for a year, but now I think it's official. That's oh, there's so many. Show- I mean, they're just adding shows left and right too. I mean, that 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 is so far gone now. Even the even the idea or even the the, the little glimmer that it's a developmental is done. Like, forget it. <laughs> you know what I it's mean? A, like, it's a worldwide touring brand, and and they're selling out sh- shows. Like, they they snap their fingers at a location and they're selling it out in two seconds. Like, they they'd be silly to 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 really even be on the pretense that they're developmental anymore. They're not. 
They're just not. And even if Styles and Nakamura ultimately end up on the main roster, which the speculation is that's where they're headed because of the money that they'll be making, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they if they you know if they start off in NXT and and help pop some houses for NXT or do both. I mean, hell, you could do both. And you can do both, and then at the they and, tape NXT all at, at once. You know, it's not, you know, take a week off from T, uh, WWE TV and go you know tape NXT. That that's not out of the realm of possibility. And the Bullet Club factor on the road as well. We all know how popular the Bullet Club is. We know how popular those t-shirts are. They can put together, whether they acquire the trademark or not, and there's talk that they're trying to acquire the trademark. I don't know. Who knows? They don't need to because they have the whole Balor Club thing. That they yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't either way. It's the design. What yeah, it is. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. So, um, you know, either way, I mean, that's a big thing too in terms of drawing crowds uh, for these NXT shows, you know? So, um, and it, it, it's so I think those are the two primary factors. And yeah, I do. I think they, you know, trying to stick it to ROH a little bit. Yeah, look, that doesn't hurt. You know, that that sweetens the pot a little for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to a few different things we're going to talk about. January 5th, uh, the evening of, uh, this is Japan time, uh, New Year's Dash and Cork and Hall, Kenny Omega and Styles beat Nakamura and Yoshihashi when uh, Omega pins Nakamura. Uh, of course, then the, we get the angle afterwards. We'll talk about that in a little bit more detail, I believe, a little bit later. Right now, we're just talking about this thing, but any, uh, essentially, it's, selling, it, it's sending off Styles. You know, after that, Matt, you know, he takes his bow, the crowd cheers him. For all intents and purposes, he kicked out a bullet club, all that stuff. He's done. He's wrapped up. They, you can tell that. He played his music. Right, he he's took done. His bows, like that. He had tears in his eyes, whether they were worked or not, I don't know. But it was clearly a goodbye, and it was very well done, and it was great. It was a very nice scene. Yeah, very nice scene. Yeah. So yeah, we'll talk about a little bit more detail later about that. Uh, so then, January fifth, the morning of uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer suggests that Styles is done with his Ring of Honor dates and will take no new indie bookings. Uh, Anderson Gallows will make good on their future dates. So, and we were told the same thing by our source. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, Styles is 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 done. ROH removed them from all their advertising, but that the other two guys would finish up. The one that we don't know about, well, or didn't know, well, I guess you get to that was Nakamura because he was scheduled for the anniversary show. But I guess right at this time, at this point, we're you know we're here and you know our source told us maybe you know thirty to sixty days that he was going to hang around. Other people said you know a few months, you know get through this stuff, do this sort of you know that that's what pretty much everybody had said. Like I, I universally, I think did anybody predicts you know what sort of happened i don't think so i didn't see that from anybody i saw everybody saying oh he's got a few more months 60 days 30 days you know i i 60 days seem to be the more i'll tell uh, you nakamura you mean yeah i'll tell you what though all along i know you were privy to these conversations too the person that we were talking to all along said i think he's gonna give him 30 60 days (laughs) but who knows but he said that's not set in stone so even then i don't think that was a total shock at least not to us because the person we were talking to was kind of on the fence with that. They were like, yeah, we mm-hmm. think, but I don't know. And I, well, you got to think of it from – it might not have all been Nakamura's decision as well. New Japan could have said, you know what, dude? Get the fuck out of exactly. here. Exactly. You know? That was my theory right. yesterday. My theory yesterday was maybe they said, look, thanks but no thanks on the notice. We'll just let you finish yeah. up when your contract's up because they've got a Cork and Hall show conveniently placed on the 30th of January, which would be a day before presumably his hmm. contract ends, <laughs> right. where you can do the match with Kenny Omega. So it, it, you're, you're absolutely right. It's entirely possible New Japan said, you know what, dude? Fuck you. Uh, you know, it, just leave now then. You know, we're not going to pay you for an additional two months. 
We're not going to worry about tying up our loose ends. We're not going to worry about you know waiting around for Cody. It's an awkward. It's an awkward back. situation for all too. You know. You know what I mean? Like then you worry about his effort level, and, and rightfully so. You know he wouldn't want to go out there and kill himself. You know how do I write stories? I get that. Yeah. You know what? If if you're if you're one foot out of the door, then let's just get this over with and get you out of here. Yeah. You know I'm fine with that. I, I think that's a decent idea. Uh, and then the, the sixth, then uh, January sixth, of course, as we mentioned, Tokyo Sports on Nakamura. Uh, they learned yesterday that Nakamura will be leaving New Japan at the end of January, like we said. So uh, it was reported in the newspapers as well. There's a big headline that just says WWE um, with Nakamura bowing down or whatever. So, yeah, as you said, you know, there's a Kirk and Hall show on January 30th. And that will, for all intents and purposes, be his absolute last uh, time in New Japan. Second night in the New Beginning Tour. There's a show yeah. the night before, a small show in a, in a smaller building, a house show that I don't even believe is being is airing on New Japan World or is televised. I could be wrong about that. But obviously – if they're going to do the Omega, check on that real quick. yeah, if they're going to do the Omega match, they're not going to do it on. A, that's more than likely where it's going to take place. Now, while you're checking that up, the one thing that they do lose out on here by not, you know, having them finish up for sixty days or whatever, no matter whose decision it was, is there were two very high-profile uh, jobs that he that obviously he was going to do at some point, probably this year, that he's never going to do. One of those is Kota Ibushi, who he beat twice. Obviously, Abushi was going to beat him at some point. That is never going to happen now. To me, that's a big hit for both New Japan and Kota Abushi. But, you know, there's – look, the circumstances, you know, they got fucked. And, yeah. and the other match that they can't do now is – and this is why I think that this was going to be a program for this year. Nakamura beat Okada in the G1. That obviously was not an accident. Because Goto beating Okada in the G1 wasn't even an accident. That was obviously planned to be Okada's first you know, time killer uh, opponent after he got done with Tanahashi. He also lost to Nakamura in the G1 that we mentioned earlier. So I kind of feel like some point this year, Okada was going to beat Nakamura to avenge that loss as well. My feeling was Nakamura was probably going to lose the Intercontinental title to somebody relatively quickly, whether it was mm-hmm. going to be Omega like it's playing out now, whether it was going to be Tanahashi, who I think is ultimately going to end up with that title and hold it and, and be the new Nakamura with that belt. I feel like he was going to lose it soon and then challenge Okada on the premise of I beat you in the G1. I feel like that was the direction they were going to go. Now we're never going to know. Because unless Gato does a Gabe Sapolsky book of secrets with our with our video, we're never going to find out either. So, uh, you know, did you see the Gabe Sapolsky? That'd be book great, by secrets? the way. Did, did you see it? I, I don't know if I ever did. This no, spiral notebook of of where of the ROH plans that never happened because he got fired. Oh, I got to watch that. I, I've watched um, I've watched other Gabe Sapolsky ones. I watched him like rebook the. Uh, uh, the WCW uh, invasion, I think. He, you know, he rebooked <laughs> the ECW. Oh, the ECW revival. And that was that a, sucked. Yeah, he had it, it really was bad. So <laughs> bad. Like clearly, he mailed that in. I mean, I hope the check was yeah. nice because that was so bad. It like ended with like. Yeah, what was his plan? What was he going to do? Was, like, I remember it, just being like. It ended yeah. with like Randy Orton as the top star. <laughs> yeah, it was just awful. weird. Yeah. It was terrible. At least play to your crowd. It's a, yeah, maybe it was Cornette that did the uh, the invasion. I forgot which one. Yeah. I, those all kind of blend yeah, together. Yeah, and none of them were any good. And Cornette just wanted to bring in like Ric Flair and just give the title to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just you know exactly how you would imagine Jim Cornette would book the WCW invasion. So yeah, and, and you know Gabe's thing was basically just being as politically neutral as possible and. Yeah, oh, I remember him putting over, he put Randy Orton over like crazy. Like, the entire episode was like how great Randy Orton was. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, was, yeah, Randy Orton. Top. I, now I remember that. He was like, oh, he's such a special talent. Like, he's going to be my head guy. Like, I'll do everything with it. I was like, what are you talking yeah. about? 
Yeah, it all, it sucks. It all it culminated is. with the big Randy Orton push. But um, <laughs> oh, to 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 clarify, um, that show is not going to be a New Japan World, as far as we know right now. Uh, the only ones scheduled uh, are the twenty second Fantastic Mania, the twenty third Fantastic Mania, the twenty fourth Fantastic Mania, and then the thirtieth that Road to New Beginning show in Corican are the only ones to date that are are showing up. So four straight Corican shows, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, it have to be on the thirtieth, but. Kind of lost our train of thought. Where were we on that? Oh, I was uh, I was babbling on about what they were going to do. I think with the IC title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so yeah, I guess we can continue on with the timeline. One thing, though, quickly that we missed on the fourth. Um, I wanted to clarify this, and a lot of the stuff that we had is like old news now. Unfortunately, we had some hot scoops, but now everybody knows them. But um, uh, the one thing. I wanted a clear distinction of when these four guys gave notice. I want to know whether it was before the show, a day before the show, uh, after, right after the show, because that would obviously affect the booking on the show. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, as, and, and it was made very clear, and I'm going to read you the exact quote from what the person told us. Moments before Jado slash Gato dropped their jaws. That's the exact quote. So they were completely floored by this, and you know, obviously, probably more so due to Nakamura than the other guys. But so there mm-hmm. you go, dropped their jaws. Yeah. Which yeah, and I'm with you. You said at the beginning that's that's just kind of icky. Like you know, don't ah uh, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's wrestling, you know what I mean. It's 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 pro wrestling. It is what it is. Uh, we'll go on to the uh, the rest of the timeline here. Not too much else. This is kind but of anyways, other stuff I have, that, but quickly. The- Oh, go ahead, the point yeah. here being, they they then didn't change any of the booking for the show because it was too late. So Wrestle Kingdom happened. I think that's important to note. Mm-hmm. By, by by what everyone can tell, Wrestle King everything that happened on Wrestle Kingdom is what would have happened on Wrestle Kingdom whether they gave notice or not. It was after Wrestle Kingdom that everything went into chaos. No pun intended. Everything went into disarray and plans changed. But go ahead. Right. Right, yeah, no, so so for clarification, yeah, Guns and Gallows didn't lose their tag titles because they get, I mean, that was going to happen anyway. The the Styles Nakamura, I, you know, that one, I, I almost kind of think, well, because that was a wash regardless of what, what you did, you know, you know what I mean? Like, either of those guys who won, I kind of felt like the plan prop might have been Styles winning. I, I don't know, I still kind of feel well, that way. Well, we were way, flat out told but, that the booking of that show didn't change. I mean, yeah, so. I, that, that one, I mean, who knows? Yeah, that one, and that could have waited another month. You know, honestly, if, if they really wanted to, they could have said, hey, we'll, we'll do this rematch on, you know, X or whatever, you know, on, on this date or whatever. But who knows? Yeah, regardless, yeah, the booking didn't I, I, honest, so. my, I honestly don't feel that title was going to Styles. I really feel it was it was going to Tanahashi eventually. So Nakamura would just hold on to it, lose it to someone else. I, I really, yeah, I, I don't feel like... Well, what would have been the long term for Styles, though, if he if he stayed on a year, though? That, that, that's, that's where I always have the trouble to with. Figure out like, because he lost to Nakamura. If he right. would have beaten Nakamura, then it would have been all right. They're gonna they're gonna do the usual trade the titles over the course of eight months. You know what I mean? But he lost because there's like no plan for him if he lose. Like if he's here this year and he lost that, it's just like you know. That's why I, I, I just, think. See, the thing with Styles is everyone kind of figured he was gonna leave. And, that, and exactly, that's I think the bigger point is that there was always sort of this idea that hey, we're on borrowed time with Styles. This is kind. Of, this is why my theory is that the Omega angle was happening regardless. I really believe that. I, I you know. Maybe not the night that it happened, but it wasn't going to be 10 months from now. I really feel mm-hmm. like that was coming imminently. I really do. 
because and perhaps I mean Styles could be a guy too that might have said something to Gato and Jado in the sense of you know hey you know January fourth uh, we'll see you, you know what I mean like I I kind of see him being that way and I, I feel like the booking sort of went that way as well because you saw him get de-emphasized for a few months before this all happened you, you know what I mean like he wasn't like like we're saying we, we talked about it last week when we previewed the show like what was going to be his plan for the rest of the year there's really nothing like and especially if if we're to believe that the booking did not change on Wrestle Kingdom then there really was just like nothing for the guy to do in the rest of the year other than to sort of be a guy and and at that point then you don't really need AJ Styles if he's just going to be a guy so yeah I, I I tend to think that there must have been something maybe not not verbalized but at least an idea that Styles like I said was on borrowed time or or it was only a matter of time before he was going to be out well, one way well or, you know so. well, I told you this I think I mentioned it on the show at some point but I can't remember I definitely didn't make a big deal out of it but oh yeah I think I did say it on show. I talked to someone who tried to book him for WrestleMania weekend months ago, mm-hmm. and he was not taking bookings for WrestleMania weekend. And everybody found keeping his out. options, yeah, keeping his options open. Yeah. So but. because Invasion Attack is after you, he you could work WrestleMania this year. You can work WrestleMania weekend and then mm-hmm. go to Invasion Attack, right? Because the you know it's a tight it's a tight squeeze. But I think Invasion Attack's the tenth. I think. So there's some time in between and styles. And this was months ago. This was like at least two months ago. And, and he would, he could, he wouldn't take any bookings for that weekend, which was very, uh, you know, it was odd. It was strange. Mm-hmm. So I think the writing was on the wall one way or another there. Uh, a few other little things here before we get into, um, you know, kind of wrapping this topic up and talking about Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, PWI Insider has also confirmed that uh, WWE has been in discussions with Rocky Romero. Uh, we knew that. We talked about that weeks ago that he was – it's a matter of time before he's there. That was like – that's been floating around for months and, you know, the Rocky Romero rumors. And we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks. The only thing we can kind of add to that is I flat out asked somebody who would definitely know. Someone who you know knows the man. Someone who would know. Just put it that way. I said, what is the deal? Everyone's talking about these other four. What about Rocky Romero? And I'm, I'm going to read you the exact quote again because the, the wording of this is very important. He was offered a New Japan Pro Wrestling deal for 2016. End quote. Doesn't say he signed anything. <laughs> All it says is he was offered a New Japan Pro Wrestling deal for 2016, end quote. Now, it's, it's very well known. I don't think it's any kind of breaking news. Romero wants, like, the player-coach deal. Yeah. Where, you know, you go to NXT, you work the shows, but you, you also are, are, you know, pseudo-office. And those are not easy to come by. And I think he'd be very well-suited for that. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if, if and again, like he, I think a lot of people got the idea, and I'm not saying that we, you know, broke the story for people, but I think a lot of casual fans. I know I remember hearing about this, uh, you know, from feedback on this article. Matt Shrebby wrote that article uh, a few months ago about Rocky Romero, and people forget like how many places this guy's been, how many people he's worked with, who he trained with, like what you, you know what I mean. Like that guy's career, he's just got so many different styles, so many backgrounds, so many like companies so many places around the world like it's insane how far that guy has traveled and, and what he's done in this wrestling business i think we we sort of take it for granted because it's just sort of rocky romero and he's just kind of been there but you, you know it's 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 really something that in that article i thought he did a really good job of it and especially interviewing rocky romero and talking to him during it of a guy who's just so well traveled that yeah he'd be a perfect fit 
for that that company being that coach uh, and also still working because you can still go. So I mean, you, you obviously want to utilize that if you can. But yeah, as a coach, I mean, they, they, there's probably nobody better than him, and I feel like he's be a great trainer as well. He's Not, got a ton you know, of charisma, and that's something mm-hmm. he's improved upon as his career has moved along. And he's obviously an excellent worker. And everybody seems to get along with him too. I mean, almost everybody that I've ever talked to who's ever interacted with him says that they enjoy his company. So and it seems like a cool guy too. Anytime you hear him off, to, you know, on whatever random podcast or whatever, he seems like a super down to earth, like super cool guy. Like you know, did a bunch of acting and like voiceover work and, and different stuff like that. Like he's just a guy who seems to really enjoy uh, just living life. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah, it'd be perfect for that that role. And the one th- doesn't seem like it's he doesn't take it too serious either. And that's sort of the vibe of, of NXT that I've seen from a little bit is you know in the post Demott era, let's get guys that aren't quite as Don't you know. Take, what you mean by that is he doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he doesn't come off like a guy who's a mark for himself is what you're getting at. And and I think he probably understands his limitations. He's really short. Um, I saw him. I went to a Lucha Libre USA show. Do you remember that? Lucha oh, yeah, of course from I do. MTV. Yeah. And um, I went to one of those shows, and he was part of that. And they did a battle royal with, you know, you know, they were kind of the forerunners with the, the mixed stuff before Lucha Underground with the minis and the women and the men all working together or whatever. And, and, and Rich, you know, I was, I was 10 feet from the man, and he was barely taller than the minis. I mean, oh, I, I pissed next to Rocky Romero. I thought I told this story. Oh, yeah, before. you did. He's like five yeah. four, five five. I did He's not tight. think. I, I honestly did not think he was a wrestler until I, I, I went to the mirror. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm standing next to him. And, you know, he's a guy in decent shape or whatever. I think he's wearing, like, basketball shorts or whatever. I, I think it was after his match had happened or whatever. He's peeing next to me or whatever. I was going, okay, you know. And then he gets in the mirror, and I look, and I go, you know, shit, that's Rocky Romero. And, like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm six foot. He was below my armpits, and I'm not joking about that. I'm not. I'm not being facetious. No, he's I'm not, a you know, really I don't, short guy. He's very short, like ungodly. Like it's something that you sort of. Him and Davy Richards are two guys who. It really, I don't know, you're it, right. It really takes you, uh, like you. You know that they're short because you just know that they're short. But then when you see them, you're like, holy shit. When I'm like hulking over them, I'm like, oh my god. Like I've stood next to Davy Richards as well and just been like, oh my god. Like you know, because they list them at, you know, five, six, five, seven. You think, oh, okay, whatever. But like, you know, there's still these larger than life wrestlers. They're up in the ring. You know, the, the ring's higher than you. you. You don't get an idea until you really like stand next to these guys, not behind the table or whatever, but like shoulder to shoulder. And then you go, oh my god, like you're really, really short. Like, Yeah, so I mean, he probably understands that. And, you know, even though size isn't the factor it was in 1989, there's still your limits. You know what I mean? And and the Orlando thing is a good gig. And, you know, eventually the player coach thing you want, you figure that might lead to an office gig and then you've got benefit. Now you got yourself a real job. You know what I mean? You're not some <laughs> independent contractor, you know, wrestling. He's a guy who's been hustling for almost, you know, he's been a wrestler for a long time. He's smart. He wants to chill out. Yeah. <laughs> and drive, flying and, and doing all that sort of stuff. He's he uh, very ready to. L.A. Dojo with. Yeah, Brian exactly. Danielson, Samoa Joe, and uh, that's what Reyes. I mean. He goes, he goes so much longer than people think and, and really know. I mean, he's a world traveler. Guy by the name of Nakamura, and you know that was that whole crew, you know, and and you know Josh Barnett, T.J. Perkins, all those, you know, in those days when they had that L.A. Dojo. So you know, that's years. That's what fit. Got to be fifteen. I should probably reopen that right? thing. Man, that's <laughs> a lot of talent came out of Wouldn't there. Be the worst you? idea, right? Yeah, <laughs> I want to start doing that again. <laughs> So yeah, so that that's uh, the latest on him. He, he's he. They offered him a deal, and from what we understand, yeah. he hadn't signed anything yet. And you know, I thought it was interesting too. You got uh, Matt Seidel throwing his name out. Did you see his tweet the other day? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bowling contract offers. I forgot what his exact. So thing he's was. got some different like, uh, apparent, yeah. some different contracts on the table. Presumably one from New Japan. Um, according to 
the latest from Meltzer. He's not under contract. So uh, I, uh, what what else do you think he's mulling? Something from ROH? Probably ROH, I'd say. I mean, there, it's possible TNA. You know what I mean? We, we were kind of shocked uh, <laughs> this week to find that TNA has, like, money floating around that people are that that like and in this case it hasn't been really reported by uh too many people i know uh dave uh, Meltzer put a little bit of that in the observer this week that tna was a real player for a few of these guys like legit player and carl anderson was the name that dave Meltzer mentioned that they you know thought that there was a good chance he was going to go there or at least was was at least looking at their offer and that's you know that's stunning because that's not tna i mean the past year or so that's not been tna tna has just been cutting 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 so that's interesting but there's a lot of high money, high profile contracts coming off the books for TNA this year. So, you know, Seidel maybe gets something from there. I don't know. It, that's that's a good point because, you know, Anderson was the one that Meltzer reported. We were told that TNA was very close to a couple of these guys. We don't know which ones though. The only one we know is Anderson, and we gotta assume Nakamura wasn't one of them. Um, uh, probably it was probably Gallup. More than likely, but um, you know, maybe someone like Romero, maybe someone like Seidel. But th- we were told they were very close on a couple of these guys, mm. and that TNA is very annoyed because they're not getting any of them. They th- <laughs> they were going to get a few of them, and they're ending up none of them. So yeah, they that, got Michael they, Bennett. They got the miracle, so that works. Yeah, well, you know, how, how <laughs> nice is that to have him gone from New Japan? As, as a new fan, <laughs> this is a honestly, you know, we were talking about it. Uh, we're kind of pretty, we're pretty much done with the timeline. There, you know, WWE posted some stuff. They had an article out there. Uh, Finn Balor did his little thing where he, you know, they should have been here by now, and he's opening the, the employees only door or whatever. But uh, the larger topic of this, you, you mentioned, you know, guys leaving or, or not there. Honestly, to me, <laughs> like of, of speaking of the few guys, Guns and Gallows gone. I'm okay with that. Uh, you, you know. Michael Bennett gone, Matt David gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like this, it, it's pretty cool. And and even a larger issue of, you know, I, I'm going to miss, of course, I'm going to miss Nakamura and Styles and all those sort of guys. And I really, really like what they both of those guys did, especially together. But and we're, we've been talking about it all week on our forums and and on Twitter, or whatever. How fresh, how interesting, and how dynamic does New Japan feel right now? When for so long it's been this, because because now you gotta push, you know, guys have to be in new spots, new people have to come up. It, it's for the first time in a while, it just feels generally exciting to be a New Japan fan because you just know there's so many moving parts, so many things, and 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 this is when wrestling really more times than not for for companies, unless unless they're at the point where they're about to die, and you take you know their last few stars, you know AWA style where with Vern Gagne, you know, hang on by a thread, then all of his last guys are gone or whatever. New Japan's not at that whatsoever they have their established stars but now a few of them have left so now it's like okay we got to make some more and that's to me that's the most fun of be, of following a wrestling promotion is this period right now that's going on oh guys making jumps and people and moving parts moving around that's it's always great. fun when you're a wrestling fan that's stuff's always fun you know what i mean um so yeah it, it's i agree i mean this is an exciting time because it feels like there's news every day and, and mm-hmm. there, there's all these different moving parts and yeah, I, I do think it's a lot of fun. And you know, you, you look at New Japan kind of moving forward, and um, you know, this is where the incredible depth that they've had is really going to serve them well in terms of people stepping into these roles. I, you know, th- there's this sky is falling thing from some circles; other circles are being more reserved. See, I don't think they have people to step up into these roles. But what they what the problem is now, all of that depth that they had underneath your Nyatos, your Shibatas, your Gotos, your Omegas, those were your depth guys before. 
who were on that next level. Now those guys have to be guys. And what New right. Japan is lacking now is the depth. So now they replenish their depth. I'm not so much worried about guys replacing Styles and Nakamura as much as I'm worried about them replacing the depth because now all of that depth that they stockpiled and acquired are moving up to that role, and now they got to replace those guys, which which is you know a, a tr- is a tricky deal too. That's almost it's it's comparable to replacing the guys at the top because now now you got to start all over. They're, they're just kind of sitting on these guys, and that was a big complaint from a lot of people. You know, move some of them up, do something with them. Well, now they have to, but now who replaces those guys on the bench? Right. Now they're not as deep as, and that's we're losing well, we, guys like Anderson and Gallows a little bit hurt because now you don't. Right. Because Anderson was one of those guys too, a depth guy. Yeah, we, we've talked about this a lot. Is that you look at, especially when we're talking about young lions or whatever. That a lot of these young lions are super talented or whatever. And we, we would say, you know, Yohei Kamatsu is better than you know half the guys underneath. Like you look at those lower card guys that New Japan has. That's the problem. Is although I mean, your Yoshihashi's, your Yujiro's, those sort of guys now become so much more valuable, and that's not good. Those guys are not important. good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are, are important, not valuable. Yeah, like that's where you really, I think, it's going to hurt. Is that like, you know, you got your good crop of young lions, and they'll have their good little, you know, you know, people, undercard okay, matches okay. or whatever. Here's but, yeah. the thing: stop with the young. People have to stop with that. It doesn't work like that. They're not going to turn around and and, and <laughs> I heard that and earlier, push yeah. young lions. It, it's not what they do. Yeah, someone mentioned Cody Hall. You got to push him. No, they're, they're not going to. Komatsu <laughs> and Tanaka are going away. Forget that they exist because they're not coming back anytime soon. Okay, at least a year minimum. Right. Okay, they're not going to push David Finley. Stop. You can wish for it all you want. That's not how it works. It just is. You have to just whether that's right or wrong, whether they need to change or not. That's irrelevant. The point is that's not going to happen. So stop. That's not, that's not happening. But when you look here, let's take a look at it this way, Rich, because I did this earlier. We call, you know, they had their big five because they had five firmly established top draws, right? Tanahashi, Nakamura, Okada, AJ, and Ibushi. You would agree yeah. with that, right? We talked about that for yeah. months and months and months. Mm-hmm. Okay? They've all drawn at the, top, at the top level. So you eliminate Nakamura and AJ. Okay? Now, it's not just a matter of of replacing Nakamura and AJ. You're replacing roles because every there's other people that have different roles too now. Tanahashi was clearly the top dog whether he had the title or not for all this time, but Okada is taking Tanahashi's role. I think everyone would agree with that. Okada is now being relied upon as yes. the ace, both symbolically and realistically. So Tanahashi is replaced by Okada. You have Nakamura. He's gone. So who's that 1B now? That 1B is going to be Tanahashi. And I really think people are going to be disappointed. If you think Tanahashi is going away, I think you're, you're going to be very disappointed. Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to main event a shit ton of pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. And, now more than ever. <laughs> and, 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 and just like Nakamura did. And I right. believe it's going to be at that intercontinental level because you can't have him in the, in the heavyweight level, title level anymore because that's over with. But I believe it's going to be at the Intercontinental level. And, you know, Meltzer seems to think they're going to go back to Tanahashi versus Okada. I completely disagree with that. I, don't, I do too, yeah. He's, that's over. That story is done. It, that story is done, and Dave is underestimating some of these other guys we're about to talk about. So I think that's why he thinks that. But Tanahashi is going to take that uh, Nakamura role. Then the old Okada role, which was 
grooming the next guy or, you know, the 1C or whatever you want to call it. I believe that'll be Ibushi when he comes back. Mm-hmm. He resigned. He's not right. he's not getting the neck surgery. He's not getting the neck surgery. It's another thing Dave said. He's not getting the neck surgery. Let me make that clear. He's not getting neck surgery. He's not going to be out a year. He's going to come back at some point this year. I think he slides into that Okada role, and I think that's something Meltzer was right about. You have to push Ibushi to the moon now. Absolutely. absolutely. No more of this fucking around. First thing first when he comes in, yeah, go crazy with him. He's got to be your Okada now mm-hmm. because before, you know, I was kind of the, on an island. I was like, yeah, hey, you know what? He draws anyway. Who cares? You know, you know what I mean? But now it's out the window. You've got to push him now. Yeah, he's he's got to get a push. He's got to win matches. He can't just p- headline them on cards and beat them all the time. Now you have to. You got to push this guy. So I think he's in the Okada role. Obviously, Kenny Omega steps into the AJ Styles role. And uh, honestly, I don't think that's going to miss a beat. I really don't. Because you, look, Rich, we talked about this when they signed Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. We told everybody. Which, by the way, all of our predictions, even though we were wrong for two years, were all right on the same day. So I'll, I'll take that as credit where AJ Styles turned face and Kenny Omega became a heavyweight all in one day. So and, and finally redeemed. They didn't leave that. You know what? We finally, after two years of predicting it, almost every pay-per-view, I finally got it right. So there. Well, you know, I know you're being a little facetious. but I'm joking. But. Also, the fact that we've been talking about how this issue of them not creating stars and having no depth was total bullshit has all played out and proven us right, too. And we're going mm-hmm. right through it. Okay, Omega's going to step in and replace AJ. And like we've been saying from the day that they signed Kenny Omega, he did not come to this company to fuck around with Kushida and junior title matches. Uh, That was a way to ease him in. But we told anyone who would listen. Some did, some didn't. Some who've been following Japan already knew. We didn't have to tell them. This guy was a legitimate drawing star when he got here. He was depth. And now this is where you use your depth. When you lose some of your top guys, guys come off the bench and step in. And that's what they're doing. And look, and the difference between Omega and Styles, like we talked about earlier, they really had to push it with Styles. And they really had to take a chance with Styles. You don't have to do it with Omega. He's drawn bigger sumo hall houses than some of these guys we talked about have done for New Japan. And he did it in 2008 and 2009. He's a legitimate draw already. He has a fan base. I don't worry about Omega stepping in for Styles. I don't. I knew this was going to – look, this was going to happen eventually anyway. Oh, they, they created that, a star in that first night anyway. Like let's be honest. Listen to that crowd. Listen to that Kurikan crowd. Listen to the hype that's been around. I mean he has been a central figure of people discussing it. That crowd went nuts. Like that, that, they, they achieved so much in that one night already with him that, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you too. I think he's going to be almost a near seamless transition between – I don't know if he's going to be the worker. I think he's great. I know there's a lot of people that don't. Maybe he's not on that high level of styles, but give the guy time. I think he's going to be absolutely there. I mean, I, I, we talked about it a few, or I talked about it. I was a guest on uh, Japanese Audio Wrestling uh, on Fight Network this week, and I talked about, you know, look at his work this past week. I mean, that's a guy who, who now that, you know, he's not a guy who, who I think loafs when he's not motivated. It's not like a Shelton Benjamin situation. But you saw in this week, at that New Year's Dash show, and even on Wrestle Kingdom to an extent, but I think particularly in that New Year's Dash show, a guy that understands, okay, I'm in a big spot now. And worked his ass off. That New Year's Dash, he was so far and away the best worker in that match. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not being facetious either. I agree. He, he worked his ass. Like, you could tell that. And, and you knew something was up. I mean, when, when, when I watched him in this match, I'm going, holy fuck, what got into Kenny Omega? And then when it all happened, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, because you could tell that the guy knew something was up. Like, he oh, was, You he, know what's funny? I'm ready to go. Yeah. Rich, you know what's funny? I know, uh, you, you know you were long since in bed by this point. But that, they ran a blind card. 
They never announced a card for that. For that, they didn't announce a single match for that show, which is odd. They never give you the whole card, but if you recall last year, they gave you the Liger the Liger Desperado match ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. They gave you nothing, which tells you that they were writing this shit on the fly, like like <laughs> Vince McMahon sitting in there with the writers. But um, the, the, they never announced a card. But Kenny Omega tweeted out his match about an hour before the show. Yeah, because you know he was jacked up. Because he was finally – and look, he's been – he hasn't been – you, Did you hear him when he went out to the ring too? I think he tweeted like, oh, something big is going to happen tonight or, oh, keep your eyes out for tonight or I'm doing something Age big tonight. Or, level – Yeah, or something yeah. like that. And then like on his way to the ring, he looks at the camera and goes, little secret for you guys. Something big's happening yeah. tonight or something uh-huh. like – you know. To the, and he says it in English. So you know, nobody – the announcers had no – I mean nobody has any clue. But he looks directly in the camera. And you could tell his eyes are lit up. He's ready to go, man. He's, he's, he's pumped. And yeah, you could tell. Hey, I mean that, been, that's the guy who – He's been ready to go for a year. Yeah, this is a guy who. Oh, and that promo. I mean, when you listen to that promo too that he cut afterwards, you could tell that that was a lot. There was some real feelings in there as well. That it was like, yeah. yes, I feel so good that I'm I'm finally free. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think he used those words too. I'm finally free, and you could tell the enthusiasm this guy had. Like, so, and and, and there are people that I understand that aren't aren't huge fans of him. I would say if you if you're only thinking of New Japan Kenny Omega, and that's your only exposure to him, go watch DDT Kenny Omega. And you'll get an idea of how much of a how good of a worker this guy really is, and and he's been great in New Japan as well. But if you've been sort of like ah, this cleaner stuff's annoying, all that sort of stuff, I think some of that silliness is going to go away. I think there's still going to be tinges of it because it's still Kenny Omega. But I think by and large, you're going to get a ser- a super serious guy here that that it's, that is going to deliver big in the ring as well. I can draw. It, we know he can draw. It's going so. away already. Mm-hmm. It, it, on the it, I think the over the top cleaner ended when Kushida rolled him up at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Because when he came out at New Year Dash, he was toned down already. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the over the top. He, he said as much in his Dash. promo that he was fucking around. He basically said I was fucking around the juniors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and if you if you if you've heard him on podcasts or shoot interviews since he's jumped to New Japan, he's he's never been shy about saying I want to be a heavyweight. Yeah. He came to this company to be a top heavyweight star. When he came to the company, he said. I came here because I did all I could do in DDT, and I want to be a huge star in Japan. And you have, if you want to do that, you have to do it in this company. And you're not going to do that as a junior. So yeah, and, and you're you're so right. He was he was a it was a it was a clear. He was so clearly motivated. I mean, this guy he's not going to fail because he doesn't care. If this doesn't work, it isn't going to be because he doesn't care or because he didn't put the effort in. This guy wants it, and that helps too. So, you know, he'll replace AJ, and I have no, no qualms about that. He was a draw in Japan while AJ Styles was working in front of 200 people on TNA house shows. Okay, don't worry about Kenny Omega being a draw. I, I have, I'm fully confident. I'm more confident in him filling the AJ role than I am in anybody else filling these other roles we're talking. Well, Tanahashi will replace Nock, too. I have no issue. Yeah, I think that's, you could do that's that. No but, problem. Yeah. <laughs> so then the fifth guy was Ibushi, who right. obviously has to move up and slide into that Okada role as one of the top three guys. So then who replaces Ibushi? Well, again, this is where you pull from that incredible depth that they've had over the last two years that everybody tells us we're crazy for talking about. Well, look at it. Now you got Naito ready to step right in. And who's a hotter act now bubbling under the surface than this guy? I mean, is there any question that at some point this year he's going to have a big-time program with Tanahashi? I don't think there's any question of that. So you have Naito. And then don't look now, Rich. You know who else they got who they could slide into that role? Shibata. Because they gave Shibata a big win over Ishii, and I know what you're thinking. He can lose next month. And you're right. He can lose next month. But I don't think he's going to lose next month. And no, I, I think there's a whole – 
Yeah, I, I do too. I, I thought the Wrestle Kingdom was so poignant in the terms of, and, and it let him have that moment too, where he sort of went out there and held up the title and did this sort of thing. I get the idea that yeah, they, they they finally have said, okay, you know what, you you've you've lived out your punishment or whatever. It's you know we're cool. Let's let's do this thing because he's not going. He, you know he's here for the long haul now. I think. And so, it's all yeah, hands I, and not, that's all hands on deck at this point. And I really yeah. think that he will get the nod over a guy like Goto because. You know, here's the other thing, too. People are so misreading this Goto Okada match. Guys, guys, I'm going to say this one more time. <laughs> yeah, I was having arguments all day with this. Thing. It's a filler title defense. That's all it is. It's a filler title defense. Everyone's going, oh, how do you push Goto? How do you put him in a big prince? Goto. Guys, that's the point. It's Goto. He's perfect for a spot like this. Okada's coming off this four year feud with Tanahashi. Big emotional match at Wrestle Kingdom. You don't throw him right in there with Naito into another big-time program. You don't do that. Let it breathe a little bit. Let the wind breathe. You put, Goto's the perfect guy for that. You know why? Because he can go out there and give you a, a match-of-the-year caliber bout or close to it with Okada. He can go out there and have a real good match. You know that he's going to deliver in the ring. And he doesn't need to be a credible threat. You don't need to throw Okada back into some heavy-handed feud right away. People are so impatient these days. It's crazy. He doesn't Okada doesn't need his next big rival 10 minutes after he beat Tanahashi. <laughs> Can we relax a little bit and let it breathe? Can we let the wind sink in for 10 minutes? I mean, geez, it's just a filler defense. And Rich, I'm gonna let you go with this one because this is something that you that they've gotten away from that you've been upset about. Yeah, exactly. No, I talked about the, the first Okada run. I thought that's what established him so much better is that he was going through these older guys and these random, I mean, Kojima getting a title shot, Makabe, I mean, those, whatever. It doesn't need to be like every title match doesn't have to be. I mean, I think that's the best thing. I I, I wish every company would do that from time to time. I don't need, I, I like the idea of just a champion fighting a random guy, you know, sometimes it's fine, but Goto isn't a random guy. That's the other part of the funny thing too, is that Goto won at the G1. So it, it and, and said as much in his promo said, uh, you know, I, I deserve a title shot, right? Like, I beat you at the G1. And, and, okay, and, I, beat, yeah. and I just beat Naito. Yeah, right. And, and he even said, like, I'm done with Naito now. I'm done with him. He's in my rearview mirror. I beat you at G1. I deserve a title shot. It's a, it's a, it's a logical little story that they've had planned. Dave Meltzer said this on his show the other night. They've had this planned out since August. It's, a, it's a, just a nice little logical story and something for Okada to do after Dome before he moves into whatever serious program he's going to move into, which probably would have been Nakamura. So they're going to have to figure mm-hmm. something else out there. But this was the plan for – and look, it's a – What about Naito? Yeah, Naito will – People are bringing that up. I, I, you know, like I said, Chris Charlton and WH Park mentioned that – and they, they targeted. They said Osaka July. Well, yeah, and that would make a ton of sense because of Osaka. Exactly. And and look, mm-hmm. and and that's what I'm saying. him winning that title. And I I don't know if I necessarily buy into that all the way right now, but they said him winning that title in Osaka. Oh my God, that'd be the key would be off the charts. That's and then, right. And that's the thing. That's why these people are nuts, Rich. These people are saying, "Oh my God, you, they're burying Naito. How can <laughs> how can you about? beat Naito with Goto and give Goto the push?" And guys, guys. That's one ma- – Goto is not getting the – Naito is very clearly going to get pushed harder than Goto here, okay, moving forward. It's, it, have some patience. What is the rush to move right into Tanahashi Naito already? Let Naito gain some steam. I mean, geez. He just turned, what, what, five months ago? About, yeah, right around the G1. So, yeah, what do we got? Yeah, about, about five, even, six. I mean, can we let him gain some steam and get some momentum? 
Well, he's finally building up his little stable as well. He was by himself yeah. for a long time. Now he's got Bushi. I mean, Bushi's been, well, what? That's a month or two. You know, let that, like, yeah, let, I let's. Think it's <laughs> way too, why would you do that at New Beginning? That's, first of all, it's a B show, a B pay per view. It's a big show. They're big shows, but they're B pay per view. It's not Invasion Attack. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not the G1 final. It's not, it's not a, um, um, uh, King of Pro Wrestling. It's, not, it's a B pay per view. Why would you rush into Naito and then burn off the first match? This yeah, what a what a waste! Yeah, what a waste of a, what's going to be an incredible matchup when they do and it. It's going to be a heat off the charts. Yeah, too. that's going right, to be right, something right. where you're probably going to see, based on the way this company books, they're probably going to trade title over the course of eighteen months. Why would you rush right into that now? I mean, people just aren't patient anymore. It's crazy the lack of patience that people show and the overreactions sometimes when you just take a step back. And look at the macro instead of the micro sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's fucking Hiroki Goto. He's a solid upper mid-carder. It's a perfect spot for a guy like this. He's a guy you can count on to go in there and not embarrass you at the gate and give you a nice little match. And then he moves on to whatever else he's going to move on to after that. So, I look, I have no problem with that. And that's why I kind of say Naito and Shibata are the guys who will step into that number five role of Ibushi. Not really Goto because I don't think Goto has the upside of Naito. No, and they and they know that too. I mean, they've they've never had the confidence in that he does have that upside. So yeah, I, I I'm right with you. I mean, they, there's nothing nothing in, has ever shown or nothing's ever told us that these guys have any faith in that guy to be anything more than than what he is. Which is which is which is Sheamus. Which is you said Sheamus. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the best comp. I mean, unfortunately, WWE thinks Sheamus continues to think Sheamus is, but they they don't. They just you know, yeah, he's he's good to have these random spot title matches here and there, and that that's it. That's fine. You need that sometimes. It's okay. Mid card like, guy, good worker. Yeah. You know, no a pushable dude. But you know, and it's like Naito feels like a whole new. If he's fresh now because he's of the whole new character, and Shibata has never been pushed. You know, hard and there's. A lot there with Shibata too. Untapped potential with Shibata, which people have been screaming about for years. So I really feel like now here's the problem. Okay, so we step these guys into these roles that were previously occupied. Now the problem, like I said before, Rich, is the depth. Now who do you have on the bench? That's a Mm -hmm. problem now. Because now you you look you have guys who are just way too young and under either young way too young or way too underdeveloped to where if three more, if two more guys left, you're really fucked, because the guys behind this crew now are people like Tama Tonga and and Michael Elgin, who look maybe down the line these guys. Not Tonga, but God only knows about Tonga too. You know what I mean? Like him and Fale, but the latest is they're kind of maybe just angling for leverage. Yeah, but um, you know, it's like and and maybe those guys will be ready at some point. But they New Japan, I think they'll be okay at the top. It's the depth. That I'm concerned with now, and that's mm-hmm. where they they got to build that depth back up. So, well, I, I, I kind of this is a pretty decent exercise. I have the whole roster up here. I think this it actually will go kind of quick. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to do this if we sort of go over these guys. And this is what Wikipedia lists as as the the heavyweight roster. I'm trying to think of the best way to to, to tackle this because I think there's a good way to do this where we sort of, you know, will they maybe an idea of can they fill one of those roles that you're talking depth, about? Maybe can that. they fill a depth role like. Yeah, let's talk about like are they completely worthless or can they fill or can a they role? be the guy on the bench who okay all right exactly so let, let's do that worthless or can they fill a role okay. we'll go through here here's who they have here uh, bad luck folly he's a guy who um, can main event once or twice a year I think if pushed properly he can be a depth guy yes mm-hmm. okay I agree Captain of Japan uh, no we'll just on. a comedy guy no absolutely not right Cody Hall 
young boy. He's, he's look, not now, not now, and not for the next year or two years. I mean, no, 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 not right. even close. Evil. He's going to have to. He is one of those guys where he's forced into that role. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but he's still finding his way with the gimmick. And let me put it to you this way. If you have to push evil, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Especially where he's at right now. As That's well. what he's I mean. Not, yeah. He, he's, he needs about another year or so to kind of get himself back. He's <laughs> got to find his footing form, in the gimmick. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, you know who's making him look real bad? Oh, Bushi is so fucking good. Bushi is a revelation. Oh, my God. He's so good. This guy's incredible. So How much – this guy looks like a star, Rich. Rich, if this guy was four inches taller, he, he'd look like – we'd be talking about him like they got – like push him. Suit-black mask combo is like the greatest thing I've ever he, seen. He, he, it's so he comes off like such a star. When it's out of nowhere stuff too, the mist is just like you, you, and the crowd just go. You can hear from the crowd like the 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 gas when he hits the mist is just like it's incredible. Rich, the way he's carrying himself. Yeah, I mean he just he's carrying himself like a star. And again, this is finally because they're giving the guy something to sink his fucking teeth into. You feel like Watanabe is uncomfortable with evil right now. Mm-hmm. He's not comfortable in the role. Bushi has owned the role and is running with it, and he's just he's 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 man, he's just coming off like a star. It's just too bad he's a junior and he's tiny. Right. Hiroki Goto. We talked about him. Yeah, upper mid Carter. He's look, he can main event two or three times a year and and you know, he's he is a depth guy. He's he, yep. yeah. Tanahashi, of course, talked yeah, about yeah. him. Uh move on. Uh Tenzan. Hiroshi Hiroshi Tenzan. Can I lump him together with some other guys? Yeah. Actually, sure. no, no, I don't want to do that yet. Tenzan, I will say, is too old and too immobile, and you cannot count on him for anything anymore. Agreed. I uh, got the Briscoes. They're I, they're just kind of well. They're, look, look, <laughs> they they've been there for five minutes. They, right. they did very well in their two matches, but we can't evaluate them yet. No. Uh, Juice Robinson, young boy. Yeah. No. No. Got nothing there. Uh, Shibata. We talked about him yes. already. Okada, of course. Uh, Sakuraba. I don't think you're gonna do anything with him, but I mean, not long term. <laughs> He's good if you want. I don't know, like a here or there, but yeah, you no, can not, do a program not. with him. Shabata could fight him for a month. Or yes, something. but you can't. Yeah, he's no long-term answer. And and the right. latest beating that he took, <laughs> it's not going to help. Things. I mean, look, he's super. That poor guy. Give him the night off. Like Jesus, just give him his check. He's got like his face is just filled with bruises. Like get the guy. The but you know what? Off. That's been his gimmick for however. <laughs> no, I know. You know I know. what I mean? He takes a beating and just that. That's his thing. But I mean, <laughs> he's a guy who you can run a uh, run one month program with or something. But no, he's not. He doesn't count as depth. No. No, I agree. Uh, Kenny Omega, we talked about him. Uh, Kotobushi, of course, we talked about him. Nakanishi, I mean, come on. No, no, no. Way over the hill. Right. Uh, we're getting kind of <laughs> low here. Michael Elgin is a guy you uh, Elgin's mentioned. Elgin's a guy. Look, he's clearly not ready now, but this is a guy who loves being there, possibly sees it as his shot to be a star in wrestling because maybe he feels like WWE just isn't in the cards for him. He's a guy who potentially can fill a depth role, but he's not even close to re- being ready for that right now. Kojima. Okay, now I want to lump him with Nagata because here's the thing about those two guys. They can still go in the ring and, uh, and, and I think they would still they can still be a competent main event opponent for one of the big five. But here's the, and, but here's the thing. If you have to resort to those two, you're in trouble, mm-hmm. but I, I I'm confident you can you, you can 
If you if you had to, you can push those guys. You really could, but you don't want to. And they clearly don't want to. They've already phased them down slowly in both of their cases to the point where now they're completely phased out of the picture. You don't want to put them back in the picture. If they put those two guys back in the picture for anything more than like a one-month Rocky story or something, then to me they're panicking. Uh, when I was talking to uh, uh, Chris and WH on, on Japanese audio, they they actually brought up some good stuff because, of course, they both live in Japan, so and they both speak Japanese and can read Japanese and stuff. And they said it's kind of funny, and, and and we knew this to an extent, but Nagata has said so many times, numerous times throughout the year, how unhappy he is mm-hmm. in New Japan. You know what I mean? Like, so they they actually questioned me and, and said, in your mind, what do you think? Does Nagata stay here for the whole year? Does he find a way to get the hell out of here and goes, you know what? Look, you know, send me to all Japan. Do something like you're not using me, like because that's a that's a realistic possibility that he's not even a part of New Japan throughout. The I don't of the even year. think they'd stop him if he wanted to go. If he said, "Hey, I'm going to all Japan," they'd probably go. All right, here, here's <laughs> the fun. thing, though. He's he's an important part of the training process. Exactly, exactly. And he's taken Oka so, under his wing, mm-hmm. and Oka's the guy we haven't even mentioned. But I would lump Oka in with Abushi. As long-term filling that Okada role because Oka's the next thing. He's the next guy. Unless he bombs badly because everyone says he's a blue-chip sure thing. Mm-hmm. So the God is important in that respect because that Oka's his boy. But yeah, and look, he's been unhappy for a long time. They have sent him to All Japan. In 2011, they sent him to All Japan. Right. Then the last couple of years, they've sent him away to Noah. Like They very clearly phased him out before they phased out Kojima and Tenzan, which is interesting. And now they phase those two out too, but for whatever reason, he's yeah, it's been the same story with him for years. I wouldn't be yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if at all if if he wasn't with the company. No, yeah. uh, getting kind of low here. Got Tamatonga. Uh, we mentioned him a little uh, he's bit. A guy I, you might have to look. He's going to move up in the Bullet Club pecking order for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naito, uh, a guy we yeah, mentioned yeah. a little bit. Uh, Makabe and Hanma. I'll put them kind of together. I look now. Look. Makabe is always going to be that number six guy. He's never going to headline. Uh, well, I shouldn't say never, but he's hardly ever going to headline an important show. But they use him to headline the smaller shows. Wrote about it in the book. Another plug for the book. Pick up the book and read that in depth. But because there's some data there, they will use him to headline smaller shows. When I say smaller shows, I mean bigger house shows, mm-hmm. secondary new beginnings, or what's the one in September called? I always forget. With the split show in September. Oh, God. Destruction? Yes. Is that the one you talk about? Yeah, Destruction. Okay. So sometimes he'll headline the secondary Destruction like he did this year or uh, a big house show in a bigger building. So and, – and he's a guy with a mainstream name. I think you talked about that with the guys from, from – from, uh, Japanese audio wrestling. Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. So, he's, he's a guy that, that has a lot more kit. We sort of look at him, and, and this has always been a thing. Tenzan's a similar guy as well. We kind of look at him and go, oh, God, you know, kind of eye roll. But they're, deal, they're big deals in Japan. Like, people like the guys. They respect them. They think of them as, as, as something. Like, you know, we can eye roll all we want, but they're, they're not booking for us. You know what right. I mean? Like, they're booking for the, the, the natives there, and, and they like Makabe. They, you know, when Tenzan gets his few little times here and there, of course, that's unrealistic. That's not going to happen. But, but Makabe's a guy that they still like and can still go. So, yeah, that's, you know, whether we like it or not, they're booking for them, and, and those people, you know, they like Makabe. So. And Hanma's a guy who I believe you could absolutely push if you wanted to and give that a go. I don't know if it would work <laughs> I don't think they with want the to. years of job, but that's the thing too. I don't think they yeah. want to because there's so much risk with him. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but you know, if worse came to worse, they can give that a try. Sure. Makabe uh, is at the level he's at and, and he's too old and uh, he, he, he is mm-hmm. what he is. 
Uh, Tomohiro Ishii. I mean, yeah, but I think they're afraid he's going to break down. Yeah, what is he, 40 now? Or, 40 or approaching 40? 40. 40 yeah, right, yeah. And he's popular. And he's popular enough to be like a semi-main eventer or headline a smaller show. And um, I, I would say, I would count him as depth. I mean, if disaster struck and a couple guys got hurt, I th- I could see them pushing Ishii. Because who else do you uh, push? Tor- yeah, I, I'm right with you. Uh, Toriano. Uh, no. I mean, just a fun mid-carder. Uh, you know. But not true depth. Not when we not actually true, talk. Not, not so. when we're talking guys on the bench for the main event. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoshihashi. No, I don't think they see him. I, I no. He's I yeah. I don't even see him getting much higher than the position he's in. Maybe ever. He's he's not very good. So that's probably why. And then uh, Yujiro Takahashi. I see, I, I I like Yoshihashi's work, but I, there's just there's yeah, no yeah, charisma there. I know you can't. He's vanilla. Yeah, he's he works hard, in my opinion. I think he works hard, but he he has no charisma. So none at all. Yeah, and then Yujiro Takahashi, which come on that's... again, just yeah, he's not someone I'd consider. Main event depth, no. So those are our heavyweights. Uh, by my count, we have Bad Luck Fale. Goto. Goto. Ishii. Ishii. And the thing about those guys. And Michael Elgin. <laughs> like, you know, and, yeah, I mean, he might be fourth. And maybe Kojima. You know what I mean? Like, that's Well, really yeah, and then you're really and, getting desperate when you. And Tama Tong. I mean, and that's not going to come on. No, they, again, these guys need time. So it's, it's the depth that they were so plentiful in. That now is a problem. They haphazardly said, you know, eh, this whole stable, just go away. You know? So, God, so then what's here. the answer? Do you raid Japanese companies? That's never been the way. With that said, it's pretty undeniable that DDT has been a pipeline. Mm-hmm. That's where they got Kenny Omega. Well, that's where they got Kota Ibushi and Hiroshima sitting there. Um, it's a good thing they, uh, they're launching Lionsgate. I'll tell you that. I, right. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, you right. got Lionsgate, which... You know, and they've done this a few times, but I feel like this one's a little bit more serious. I think this one's going to stick. The never stuff that you know, yeah, never turned in. They just stopped running never shows after the tournament for the most part. And um, you know, years ago they had developmental shows too. I don't even remember the name. Anymore. Was it Next or something like that, or was that Dragon Gates? Dragon one? Gates is Next. That's still the first of every okay. month in the Dragon Gate Sanctuary. First of every month, Dragon Gate and uh, and what yeah, the hell was that New Japan one? I don't, I don't know what it's called. The Noah one is Sem. Even Noah has one for God's sake. DDT obviously has one, which is very successful right now. They rolled theirs out last year, and they've got a shit ton of guys with potential. Here's the thing about the DDT guys, though. And look, I like those guys as much as everybody else does. I really do. I watch those shows, and I'm blown away by how good they are. But the one thing you have to remember, with the exception of Higuchi and maybe one or, one or two other guys, they're charisma voids. And you can tell that those guys aren't going to be stars. They might be very good workers, and I'm probably going to get heat for this. Um, but Rich, when you watch those DDT uh, shows, does anyone jump out at you as a future star, with the exception of Higuchi, who looks like a mini Tenru? I mean, but they all look like they could be great workers. And look, it's so hard to project when guys are six months into their career. I get it, but does that yeah. they jump off the page? And I don't mean look. People are going to get mad at me, but what's new? Someone's always mad at me, so I'm just going to say it. <laughs> There's a reason that those guys are in DDT and not New Japan. Right, I mean, honestly, when it terms when it, in terms of potential star power and whatnot, they're all on the small side too, which doesn't help. Um, I I don't know. I I just feel like, but the point is, look, and I'm not burying DDT. They're doing a great thing with that, and they do have a couple guys there who I think could be stars. You know, 
starting starting with Higuchi. But um, you know, it's like New Japan is more selective with who they take, but they hit it a pretty fucking high percentage with these guys. I mean, who has come through the New Japan system over the last few years that hasn't mm-hmm. been any? The worst one is probably Watanabe, right? Oh, correct. Yeah. Or De- exactly. Who do you like better, him or, or El Desperado? Man, Desperado's gotten pretty good lately, so I, I might, you know, if you asked me a year ago, I'd probably say Watanabe, but uh, Desperado's gotten pretty damn good this past year, so I probably have to go with Desperado, which, yeah. So when Watanabe is your worst, that's not bad. That's a pretty bad worst. Because Kamatachi looks like. Oh, he's a million bucks. Yeah. I mean, God, how good does that guy look? Kamatsu and Tanaka look incredible. Uh, Jay White and Finley obviously look incredible. Finley's cheating a little. He was kind of a known entity. Um, uh, Jay White's incredible for what for what he came from or oh, where God, the hell he I came mean, from. Like insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they hit at a very high percentage with these guys. And and you know, uh, Fale. I mean, even Fale's developed into what they wanted him to be. I mean, we may not love watching him all the time. I you know, it, it's like you know, so they're going to do the what are they calling it? Um, what are they calling these shows? Lionsgate. 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 But the point that you were going to get to is. They, 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 they stated straight up it's going to include talent from other companies, mm-hmm. which – and I know what you're getting to here. Then you get your claws into them. Exactly. Because if you right. get then, – Then you can maybe use a few of those guys here and there. And I'm not saying you – know, to, to fill out the undercard. Fill, uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Or, or no, not even that. What I'm thinking is if you have a, you know, Kazusada Higuchi and Ryota Nakatsu, um, you know, those are two of the DNA guys from DDT or – um, you know, the guy, you know, the, the Noah kid whose name is escaping me working these shows, you get, you can get your claws in them and, and maybe they end up with your company at some point. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a sneaky way to get, you know, have contact with these guys and, and, and maybe entice them to come to your company. Um, I, you know, I don't know if that's implicitly the plan, probably not, but I mean, it doesn't hurt. To have those guys working on your shows on a regular basis, I'm assuming these things are going to be monthly or whatever. Did they say how often they're going to be? I don't know. I don't recall if they've, they've just said yet. I, I don't have the article in front of me, but as far as I know, yeah, I, I, I don't know quite yet. But yeah, and that's, I think that's really the, 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 the true benefit of it for New Japan because we just went through that roster. We look at those heavyweights. There's what three or four, four tops if we're really stretching of guys that can sort of fill these roles. So you got to get new guys. But I see from your point that you're talking about is that you can grab a few of these guys here. You know, maybe a guy or two from Big Japan or whatever, and a guy or two from DDT or the, whatever. The but it's like the hooks are in. The hooks are in if they work those right. Roles. Exactly. But you know, when you talk about you know it, it, this next year or what they can do, I mean, like you're saying though, you can raid a DDT or whatever. But how many of those guys are ready to step in and be? real true depth or who, who you know who's going to take a little bit of time i mean a lot of those guys you mentioned like those dna guys a lot of the dt guys i like ddt but i like it for the reason that it is that it's, it's just kind of like you can tell these guys are kind of they're having fun with it a little bit they're developing and they're very few of those guys are ready if you if you sign them and put them in you know a never open weight title match or whatever, it'd be insane you know what i mean like it, they would just be so out of place and so overwhelmed by that so yeah it's going to take a little while to get these guys built up and get these guys ready and and, and do that sort of stuff so they're in a they're in a tough situation like we said you know they had depth but you know really quickly that depth is evaporated 
And that's, I think, our larger point is that, yeah, it's 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 OK, but it, it's it's tough. Like it, it's I don't know what they could have done necessarily either, because I know there's people like, oh, they should have been developing better. I think they've done a great job of developing guys. There's just not much you can account for when half your roster, you, you know, when when one half your roster gets sent away to, to another company, which, again, that was their doing. You lose two of your biggest stars and, you know three or four of your other roster depth guys bounce all in one day. I mean, it's, it was an extenuating circumstance for sure. Right. Like I mean, it, 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 you can't be prepared for that. Like no one, people no can one say all they prepared. want. Yeah. It, right. You can say all you want about, Oh, they should have had Shibata win a little bit more and all that sort of stuff. And I still think they can do that. But what we're talking about the big problem. Isn't those guys. It's not that Shibata can't step up or Naito can't step up or Ibushi can't step up. It's like, it's who's behind them? Who? Yeah, who the fuck replaces them? It's not Yujiro and Yoshihashi. Like that's the problem. Is that little that under area is just there's just nothing there. And I think that's going to be the interesting thing is that do you get your do you start bringing some of these guys in through Lionsgate? You have them running some spot shows. Do you just kind of have that undercard part be young Lions and then outsider stuff for a little bit? I I don't know. I it, it's it's going to be fun though. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, because they have to fill out these cards. So there's going to have to be someone there. So whether it's, you know, other imports, guys that they have on loan or whatever, they're at a point now where they, you know, they can't necessarily be loaning people out left and right. They're going to have to grab some guys of their own. You know, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the uh, that's the ace up their sleeve, too, where, you know, if you have to, you bring back Minoru Suzuki. You know what I mean? (laughs) And look, I, you know, it's funny because. I was the terminology I was just going to use. I was going to say it's not like he's the savior, which is funny, but um, you know, it, he means more to New Japan than he does to Noah. Noah, it ran off some the Noah fans because he's it wasn't Noah guy, but he means more. You bring him back to New Japan, that's that's his fan base. It, it, right. it, he means more there. Um, but I don't think they're going to go that route. I really think they're going to leave Suzuki Gun in Noah. Unless things really bottom out, because then it's all hands on deck, and you gotta do what you gotta do. At that point, um, so uh, you know, but but that's always you know that's an ace in the hole. You never know. You always have to look, Rich. If they're struggling a little bit, let's say the new beginning cards don't draw as well as they did last year, and then ticket sales are slow for the like New Japan Cup doesn't do so well. Would it shock you at all if Minoru Suzuki shows up as a surprise to challenge Okada? At one of these shows, I mean, you could see it happening easily, like as a big surprise thing, um, to kind of maybe try to give a jolt or a spark. I mean, I could see that happening without question. I mean, that, that wouldn't shock me at all. So, um, so yeah, that's that's all the roster turmoil. <laughs> now, uh, sort of overshadowed, shockingly, was uh, Wrestle Kingdom ten, which was a fantastic show. But you think I'm gonna get, you uh, think I'm gonna get killed for burying the DNA guys? Um, yeah, to an extent, but. I didn't bury all of them. I, mean, I gave you the ones I thought. Well, you're not. I mean, you enjoy them. I enjoy them too. We all enjoy them. But like to have this idea that they're ready to go or that their future stars. I mean, there, there are a few of those guys. Like, um, you know, I think it was Huguchi was the one. Uh, Koto uh, Umeda is another guy. I think or Umeda. I don't know. I like Nakatsu. Yeah, yeah. Nikatsu. I mean, those are all really good guys. But like Koto Umeda is like what? He's like he looks like ten years old. You know what I mean? Like the guy's he's just not ready to. I mean, that's a guy who in five years, like you stick your teeth into now and you go, okay, let's see what happens or whatever. But like, yeah, it's not realistic if they go, okay, okay, this guy's good or whatever. And then in two years, he's, you know, main eventing, you know, big shows or whatever. He's just not at, the, I mean, none of those guys is there yet. Let me ask you a question. How many of those guys, do you trade out any of the DNA guys? If DNA comes to you and you're, you're running New Japan, mm-hmm. Okay. They come to you and they say, you could have anyone from DNA you want forever. We're going to make a trade here. 
you're giving us Yohei Komatsu. Do you do you trade Yohei Komatsu for any of those guys? No. Not a single one. Not a single one. I consider Higuchi. I think Komatsu is really fucking good. Though. So do I. I consider Higuchi. I don't trade him for any of the other ones. What about Tanaka? Tanaka, I would. And I like Tanaka, and I wrote about it in the okay, book that he's sort of in this which weird... Which ones would you take for Tanaka? <sighs> Let me look at this. Let me look at their, their crap here. Um, oh, God. Don't just type DDT into fucking... <laughs> I typed DDT into Google, thinking that would take me to the <laughs> traumatic dream team's roster page on Wikipedia. That was, yeah, that was, that was ambitious by me. Uh, let's see here. <sighs> you know we're getting buried six feet under for this. That's, what, oh, that's why I'm doing it. There's a lot of... Fun. Yeah, uh, Huguchi I like a lot. I, I would do Huguchi for, uh, for Tanaka. I would, too. Uh, I like I like Umeda a lot. He's super young, though. I mean, that's a real risk. You know what I mean? Like, who knows if he's if he doesn't fill out? You know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah, like, or I, I don't know. Is he that young? I don't know if he is that young or just a little tiny tiny guy. He looks like five years old. So, did we look this up a few weeks ago? I, he's still. I, I like Higuchi and Nakatsu better than him. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two best guys. I think Higuchi and Nakatsu are the two best guys. Okay, Umeda uh, is twenty years old. So yeah, he's, he's a kid. He's a baby. <laughs> He's a little child, yeah, because he looks like ten, so that that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's a tough sell. That's that's really buying with some future stock there. Uh, yeah, Huguchi and, and Nakatsu would probably be the the only two I would do Tanaka for. Do you trade Jay White for any of those guys? Mm, I like Jay White. I think Jay White's really good. Uh, Huguchi, yes, uh, probably the same two. Probably Nagatsu and, and Huguchi. All right, so but that's I mean, it. Yeah. You know, it's it's. I don't know. I it's it's uh, the state. That my point here. Here's my point. I think DDT is doing a great thing with DNA, and I think they have a, a lot of guys going for him there, and, and and a lot of guys that are just guys. But I think that New Japan doesn't get enough credit for their young boy development. It just isn't. They're just they just too they're too selective. They should be a little more open minded and, and and don't be afraid to have some guys that fail. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, 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 oh, and that's and that's what Lionsgate is going to be. I think at a point is is they might grab some other guys too and just see what happens and go because yeah, like you're saying, their, their track record is incredible. And I we I think every single person, if you read the Young Boy profiles in our book, you'll see each and every one of us talk about it. it almost is like a broken record, even though we all wrote them differently. Like you wrote some, I wrote some. Every single one is like this guy is one of the best Young Boys in, in forever. And it's like you know, I talked about Tanaka and then and, and going back to him, I said I feel so bad saying like he's a mild disappointment, and the guy's great. You know what I mean? Like, but because he's compared to uh, David Finley, who, you know, rightfully maybe doesn't deserve being directly compared to those guys. You talk about a Jay White, a Kamatsu, uh, you know, those sort of guys. It's like Tanaka gets lost in the shuffle and Tanaka's really good. Like, like 10 years ago, Tanaka would be so standing out as a guy. You know what I mean? Like, you you don't understand how great these guys are at this stage of their career. Go watch the one three show and the two guys that they faced. Those are young boys. Yeah, yeah, well, literally one of them's like 16, right? Like, one of them's 18, like... <laughs> which means, look, he's got forever. Think, right. think about this. In 10 years, he'll be the same age as that Komatsu is now. <laughs> right. Think about that. I mean, the kid's 18 years old, and he looks like he's about 15. You don't know what the hell he's going to be. You know what I mean? And the other guy, I think, is what, like 22 or 23 mm-hmm. or something like that? And then you got the two guys who haven't started yet, Oka, of course, and then that fucking monster. 
that they signed. Yeah, that guy's 30, though. The monster's fucking 30, right? The monster is a 30-year-old former... Um, uh, he was he was suspended <laughs> for steroid use and whatever. <laughs> Shockingly, I don't know. Just, you know, who knows? That, that might just be a guy where, okay, he's starting very late in the game. Maybe we don't think he'll we can ever get him to a working standard, but maybe he's a guy who has That's a Laurinaitis higher. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a dice roll. Maybe he ends mm-hmm. up having overwhelming charisma and we get a couple years of, of, of main eventing out of him. You know? Uh you know, or, or maybe he's the next phenomenon. Maybe he catches on like Bob Sapp did or something because he's such a he's so different than everybody else. I think that's what that is. So so yeah, I just I, I don't think they get enough credit for their system. I the th- the one thing you can knock them for is everything just moves so slow. Not just the development of the young boys, but the booking moves slow. The development of the young boys moves very slow. Everything is so slow moving and conservative. That I think is a legitimate knock for sure. Yeah, because like uh, you know, all, you talk about Kamatsu and Tanaka again. Not to circle back to them, but I mean, those guys started you know late 2012 doing young boys stuff. You know, and and you look at that, and you look at these guys like. You know, in a perfect world, these guys this year would be getting ready to to, to take that next They'd leap up. But just yeah. right now, they're leaving. So it's the like, yeah, and, and was, not only knows how long they're going to go. Yeah. yeah, they'll be gone for a year, year and a half minimum. The problem was they couldn't let them go because they had nobody else there. And right. that's the problem. They, they weren't stocked. They don't, they're not well stocked enough, and they move too slow. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't let them go because then who was going to work the shows? You know, they needed guys to, 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 to fucking do the duties. So they couldn't let them go until they got new guys. So that was part of the problem too. That's why they stuck around for almost four years. But anyway. Yeah, but so that's a little bit about New Japan's roster. Uh, again, let's get back to uh, Wrestle Kingdom here, which <laughs> I don't know if you know, but that was this weekend. It was a, it was a quite a good show. So we'll break that down a little bit. It's, it's been so funny. Like, it's just it, nobody's been like, I, I feel weird because nobody, people talk about some of the booking stuff and all that. So, but, but like the actual matches, I feel like, Everybody just stopped talking about him the day of because there was just so much else going on. But I think we really should take a lot of time now. I think the rest of the show is going to be that is to really just go back and appreciate the show for what it was, especially those top two matches. You know, knowing what we know about Styles and Nakamura now, it loses a little bit. But that main event, I don't think people are doing enough to really talk about that and appreciate that. So I think we're going to do that a little bit here. But uh, do you want to run down the card here real quick and then we'll get to those those points? Because I don't think we need to give macro points right now about uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. But if you want to. Feel free, but I, I feel like just going over the card. Probably- we can do it however you want. I think the the big theme though is um, we were right when we said it was going to be a great show. There was doubts that it was going to be a great show, and it was a great show. It was an amazing show. I mean, it was. I thought it was better than last year, and maybe later on we could do a comparison and compare it to last year because there's kind of a fun debate going on over which one was better. I think it was this year's show. Um, so we were right. We said it was going to be a great show, and and I I, I thought the, it lived up to the to the lineup. Every match didn't, but and that, you know it wasn't going to be. It wasn't going to happen. But it was a great show. It was undoubtedly a phenomenal show. Mm-hmm. And you were right because the main event they managed to top themselves again. And yes, I did. had my doubts. You said that they would top themselves again, and you were right. It was one of the greatest matches of all time. But yeah, I guess we can go match by match. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go match by match. Let's start with the Rambo uh, New Japan Rumble. Uh, pre-show, of course. Um, you, you know, it went a little long, <laughs> 31 minutes, which uh, a little long might be an understatement. But I enjoy the fuck out of this, and I don't know anybody who can't like. If you can't get some enjoyment or get some laughs out of this, I don't know, man. You don't have any soul. You really don't. Like, just stop. I don't know what you're and doing. A, and like, imagine fucking giving a shit. Yeah, who gives who a shit? Wins. Just go sit here, 
grab whatever you're going to drink or whatever you're eating and just go, oh my god, it's King Haku. Oh, it's Fujiwara. Fujiwara just chopped the shit and slapped the fuck out of cheeseburger. There you go. That's all you need out of it. Like, who who critically... Like, I didn't even give it a rating. I didn't even think about it. My mind was just shut off when I was watching this match. I'm not going to critically rate this match. It's it's a fucking rubble and <laughs> there's 70-year-olds in it. Look, like, who cares? It was bad. It was bad last year. It's supposed to be bad. But, yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's fun bad. It's not a good match, but it's fun right. bad. And, who and like, people complaining that Jado... Koshinaka won. and Taguchi were in there to throw asses at people. Like, come on. Like, what are you like? Oh, I don't know about that. Like, I, no, I, let me I critically just, talk he, about this. People complain that, that, that Jado won, which... Who cares who wins the rant? Why would you ever care who won that match? Damn, Booker putting himself over. You can't. Th- 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 there's nothing they can do in that match that that would be a negative. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Right, and we we sort of worked ourselves into a shoot. To be fair, we we sort of was like, oh, Kojima, you know, because they gave the title shot to Nagata, and then we found out that no, nah, they didn't really ever think of this as a title shot. Well, yeah, I but, mean, we said that last week, though. We said, yeah. you know, to be fair, it's there's no official stipulation. We just thought maybe they'd do it again, but. They, did. they went a completely different direction. It was just a comedy match from beginning to end. Um, nobody selling for cheeseburger. No matter who came in, they wouldn't sell for cheeseburger. You know, it was amusing. Um, you know, Fujiwara did his thing again. Great Kabuki still hasn't learned the rules. He got himself <laughs> disqualified again. He's worse than Randy Savage at Royal Rumbles. <laughs> Him and Savage just never understood what the fuck is going on. You're out the rules, and I. What's, what's, <laughs> Randy Savage going for pinfalls yeah. and running out of the ring. It's like it's Randy, Randy. It's over the top rope. <laughs> Randy, you can't pin Yokozuna, Randy. You can't pin him. So, and what was funny is like that was the planned finish. They're like Randy, look, you're gonna try to you're gonna go for a, a lateral press on Yokozuna. And try to put him away. And like, why wouldn't he? He did an elbow drop and then pinned him. He's like, wait a minute. Why, would, why wouldn't he say, why am I doing that? You're making me look like a complete idiot. I'm not going to pin the man. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Kabuki, what was great is after he was eliminated and he left the ring, I, I like how he gave the double hand wave to the ring. Like, ah, I've had it. <laughs> the old <laughs> double hand wave. Not even the I don't need this shit. Yeah, yeah, he gave the double hand wave. The double Jolans. King Haku was there. Haku was there. How could you critically care? Yeah, so, you know, whatever, man. Yeah. And it was just to shoehorn that pop star onto the show anyway that yes. that Jado came out with. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of her. I, we'll well, that. I mean, you know. You knew, you knew that off the bat. That that's, I think that's she's real. a child. You better be careful. Oh, oh God, really? Yeah, I, I, I don't know for sure. I think she's like 16. 20. She's 20. Oh, she's We're 20. Good. All right, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Whew. I got kind of worried there that everyone's going to be like, uh, dude, she's like 15. I was like, oh, okay, well. What's got awkward? All right. <laughs> IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team. It's, it's easy with the, you know, if they look 15, they're probably like 22. So it helps. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. The Young Bucks, Red Dragon. Apparently, they're called Aerial Dogfight, according to Wikipedia. Is that their name? Never heard that in my Sidell life. That's what it says right here. I That's the first I've heard of that as well. Seidel and Ricochet, and then Rapongi Vice, Bread and Rocky Romero, of course. Uh, what did you think of this guy? Went about 16 minutes, so I got a plenty of time to do this. But I, I think from your review, you you enjoyed a lot of it. Excellent match. I liked I, – this was – last year's was felt rushed. Last year's felt sloppy. Um, last year's, I think they all felt the pressure of maybe trying to do a little too much. And this year, I think, first of all, having Seidel and Ricochet – Instead of, um, well, I guess it was the Time Splitters last year, but it was also Kozlov. Mm-hmm. So Seidel and Ricochet are two of the best wrestlers in the world. Oh, I mean, so good. Yeah. When you add two of the best wrestlers in the world to a match, I mean, it's going to be a net positive no matter who you're removing from it. And I thought this match had so much, the structure was so much better. Now, 
in real time, I was complaining because I thought the pace was too slow and I thought the Bucks were just grinding it to a halt. But then as the match developed, that was smart. It was the Bucks being heels and, 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 and trying to slow the match down. And then once the match picked up with the Bucks bumping all over the place and taking everybody's big moves and getting their comeuppance uh, you know, for their heel tactics earlier in the match – and this was flawless execution. These four teams were so good in this match, doing a lot of complicated shit down the stretch. This was like one of those crazy Dragon Gate matches down the stretch. And then the Bucks steal the win. So I yeah. thought it told a nice little story. I thought the work was very, very good. And I thought this was a legitimate four-star match. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong in that at all. I think I gave it three and a half. Um, but yeah, I, 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 the Bucks, I thought in particular, I thought you, you did a good job in the review sort of talking about them. And that's been the biggest thing for me is that the Bucks just stood out to me as like the stars of this division. They looked, you, you know, not so much in the same sense that we talk about young Bucks wise. You know, if I say there was a really good young Bucks match, you have it in your mind of this is what they did or whatever. This is a really good young Bucks match. And I think if you don't know, if you didn't see this match, it's not what you would think. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I it, they worked like smart workers this entire time. And I think that was an important distinction. And then we found out at New Year's Dash that they play an important role in this new, you know, sort of formation of the Bullet Club of, with Kenny Omega or whatever. I don't know if that was a complete accident either, that they seemed like they weren't just guys that were going to go out here and do some flips and suck it or whatever. They took on a different sort of persona here. They had a harder edge than they had prior. Been, I don't know if you got that vibe too. They're working more carefully lately mm-hmm. and they're being more careful with their bodies lately. And, and I think if you read between the lines, a lot of the interviews they've done, they've talked about how their bodies are starting to hurt a little bit. They work a very hard schedule, especially with the indie dates. They're trying to uh, reel back their schedule a little bit and just keep it to New Japan, Ring of Honor, and, and, and PWG with maybe a date here or there with some other uh, indies. But, but no more of this, you know, three matches over the course of one weekend and flying cross country uh, overnight on a Friday to a Saturday. I mean, they're, they're getting tired. And you know they're 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 they, they're working, uh, you know this match they really worked this match you know like heels and 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 and, and the match had a really good story, and mm-hmm. um, yeah so yeah I, I see what you're saying about the Bucks. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they stood out, and, and like you said, side out Ricochet are just so good, especially Ricochet. Like Ricochet is the guy I wish that like you know as much as I love our Lucha Underground, but I almost wish they would be like you know what man, we don't have anything for you. Go do whatever you I want. I really and do. Then, I don't. I don't even like him very much in Lucha Underground. I'll be honest. I don't. Yeah, and I love. I mean, I love him so much. And like I forget how much I love I, him Prince when I Puma, when I see him. You know, Prince Puma stinks. I, I'm yeah, not in Prince. I like I like Lucha Underground. I like Ricochet, but the relationship of those two just doesn't. doesn't. But then I see him in this situation. I saw him when he went to Dragon Gate earlier in the year. It's just like oh, he's so good. And the crowd, especially in New Japan, loves him. We talk about depth. That's a guy they would kill, I think, to say, hey, you're here for a year. Here you go. You know what I mean? Like, and crowds, they just love him. They pop so much for him. They just enjoy his work. He, they ooze and ahs every time he does anything. Like, man, that'd be so good for him to be rostered depth. But We've been through this. It's Such is life. It yeah. was a miscalculation by Lucha Underground. It, it, they, if they want to have the Prince Puma character and if they think they can market that, it should have been someone else. Uh, there's plenty of guys in AAA who would have fit the role very nicely, who are good workers who can fly around and play that role, who don't speak mm-hmm. English and can have Conan as their mouthpiece. And Ricochet could have been Ricochet. And then you've got two characters instead of one. Right. It's just exactly. not a good fit. All right, so uh, moving on here, we got the never open weight six man tag team championships. The debuts of the titles, the Briscoes, Jay and Mark Briscoe, of course, and Toriano defeating the Bullet Club, Alec Folly, Tama Tonga, and Yujiro Takahashi. What did you think of this match? I thought Mark Briscoe was the star of the match. I thought he worked his fucking ass off. I thought he worked his ass off the next night at New Year Dash. 
Um, I guess we could work New Year's Dash in when appropriate. Yeah, let's let's integrate so, it because I don't think it, I don't think it we're needs not its own go group, through it. Group, yeah, yeah right. which was a fun show, an excellent show all the <laughs> way through. There is no filler on New Year's Day. Great show. So, um, Seidel and Ricochet had an excellent match with Finley and White on that show, where they were just their work was just so good, and so were Finley and White for that matter. But yeah, so Mark Briscoe, I thought was the star of, uh, of both of his matches, really both nights. He's just working really hard. It looks like the Briscoes are happy to be there. You know what I mean? It looks like they're genuinely thrilled to be in a new Japan ring. And that makes all the difference. And this match was fine. I thought it was like in the three star range. It was almost exactly what I thought it would be. Luckily the Briscoes worked the meat of it instead of Yano. Yano was pretty much a non-factor in this thing. And um, I was disappointed in the Bullet Club team, though. Tamatanga cut that, you know, profanity-laced tirade the night before. Um, you know, when they when they cut their promos on the on the, on the festival show, and it seemed like you know that might have gone somewhere. Then he laid an egg in the match. Yeah, I agree. And I didn't I didn't like this match. I thought it was just I I liked the Briscoes part of it, but only them in a vacuum. Like I thought. By and large, this just wasn't. I, I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. Yujiro, I thought was the best worker on the Bullet Club team. Yeah, that's not good. That's, <laughs> that's, and really that's not bad. Good. Fale was not was a non-entity. Yeah, and and Tamatanga was very disappointing. And, and and this was his time. All eyes were on him after that promo, and I thought he blew it. I thought no. Mark Briscoe was the best worker in the match. And I I you know between that and the main event on the next night, I'm really liking the Briscoes in New Japan. I really am. Yeah, they, they see, yeah, like you said, I think they seem super excited by it. Uh, Mark in particular, like you said, I think he's, but Jay as, as well. I mean, they're super good. Like, I hope that they come around for a long time. Here's no. the thing. Mark works so hard, but Jay Briscoe's a star. Mm-hmm. Jay Briscoe has the star charisma. Yeah, Mark was doing everything he can. The crowd didn't give a fuck at <laughs> the first I, half, and they don't know who he is. You know what? And they don't know. Go I ahead, won't even go, go that far because the thing that I found about the match was I was shocked how much the fans were into the match. What happened was it went too long. They mm. got brave and they won the really long match and they lost the crowd. They had the crowd. This should have been about five minutes shorter. And I looked like an idiot because in real time I tweeted, wow, they're really holding the crowd here. And by the time I made that tweet, the crowd died. <laughs> right. And I looked like a, a complete jerk. But but I thought they had the crowd early, and then the, the match, it was very ambitious to go that long in a match that featured two guys that were unfamiliar to the fans. I mean, they haven't mm-hmm. been in Japan in forever, and when they were, it was Noah. Yeah, nobody. It was ten yeah, years yeah. ago. And they're 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 different guys too. Like yeah. if if you told me if you showed me a picture side by side of those guys, I would not think that. This, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it was basketball shorts, bald headed Briscoes in those. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so they're they're just you know night and day. But the, the point I was going to make is that Mark was out there doing a lot of really good stuff at the beginning, and I I don't know if the crowd was really reacting as much as it, it, I I didn't think they were too much. But then Jay got tagged in and did like two things, and the crowd started going. You know what I mean? Like he was the one that got the crowd, I think, more than Mark into the match. And that's what you to your point of of Jay just being that star that you know he just does little subtle things and the crowd reacts and Mark will will be you know a better worker in some respects but then just you know the crowd just kind of like ah you know a good worker whatever but yeah Jay just has that superstar potential yeah I, I hope that they, they, they do come around a little bit more because I thought they they fit like a glove and by the end of the match like you said yeah it went a little long but I think the crowd was interested and then you watch New Year's Dash and those are guys that people and and again we talked about this when we were previewing the show it's that People are going, oh my god! All these Ring of Honor guys are on the show. Da, da, da. The point that they, the the Briscoes being on the show was 
here are the Briscoes. Learn about them in two nights. People know about them. They're over. And now when Ring of Honor comes to town, people go, oh, the Briscoes. I know the Briscoes. I saw them in Wrestle Kingdom and New Year's Dash. Stop being logical, yeah. Rich. Stop being yeah, The end. Like, you know, oh, my God, what a weird thing that after New Japan Dash or New Year's Dash, they went, oh, we know these guys and they're pretty entertaining. Uh, it's like, oh, it's they're a, coming to town. Cool. Uh, <laughs> it's a Gaijin takeover. Gato and Gaijin. Yeah, right, right. Shut up. I mean, it's just come on. You, 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 use your use your head. Sometimes people use your head. Speaking of guys in takeover, Jay Lethal, the Ring of Honor World Champion, against Michael Elgin. What did you think about this match? Very decisive from a lot of people. Okay, uh, I liked it. I liked it. I don't uh, care. Look, I thought it was really good. Well, then you go first. Okay. I thought it was well worked. I think to our extent, you know how we we talked about this last week, and I think you alluded to it a little bit on Twitter that I said, if they go and have a Jay Lethal, you know, slow it down, work the pace, that sort of stuff that the crowd's just going to not care and it's going to die or whatever. They kind of work that sort of match with Lethal in particular doing it, but the crowd was seemed into it. And a lot of it is Michael Elgin being over and Michael Elgin and them caring about Michael Elgin. Because I thought, yeah, it was worked a little bit slower than I think they should have done. I think they should have just thrown bombs or whatever. But when it was all said done, I went, you know what? They went and they had a plan for a match that was a little slow pace. You know, it was it was kind of methodical in some respects, but not all the way. I mean, I think Jay Lethal did some stuff that was pretty cool. Michael Elgin did some stuff that was also pretty cool, and they worked a really good story. I didn't really like the ending, but I thought by and large the match was really good. I thought I thought it was essentially what you would get on a Ring of Honor TV or a Ring of Honor you know pay per view undercard or whatever. I thought it was fine, and I thought the crowd reacted better than I thought they would. So I, I was cool with it. Some people were really upset about this match. I don't know. I, I didn't get that vibe. And it, it wasn't how I would have wanted it worked. But then when I saw this, I was like, you know what? No, they did it. I think they did the right thing. I, I was fine. Uh, my problem with it was um, uh, was I thought that they had built the first two-thirds of an excellent match and then flushed it all down the toilet with the finish. finish. The finish sucked. The finish absolutely sucked. Yeah. That, if, is that one that you're sort of – because you know, we, we talked about it in the show before. Is this one where that finish just completely sucked it? for you yeah because it didn't be but i could absolutely see why somebody would would make that yeah and the reason being i thought the way that the match was built with lethal controlling the match and constantly cutting off elgin's comebacks was you're waiting for elgin's big comeback and elgin's big comeback never came because then when he finally went on what should have been his big comeback and then you go to whatever your finish you're going to go to he gets hit in the head with the book and the match ends it's like that was the wrong finish for the build that they did. Mm-hmm. If you're going to use the the bullshit finish where he gets hit in the head with the book, Elgin needs to dominate the match. And then Lethal has to resort to using the book to escape this you. title. But Lethal dominated the match and he kept, you know, cutting off Elgin and then he beat Elgin with the book and Elgin ends up just looking like a goof. So I thought it 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 it, it the work was good. I had no problem with the work. And I thought that they were very brave, too, to work a match like that for hmm. the reasons that you just talked about and what we talked about last week. But I don't think the finish matched the build. OK, that's fair. I got that. See, to me, I sort of separated that a little bit and said, oh, I liked everything up to the finish. But I get what you mean. The, the, it, when you really think about it logically, that finish sort of negated a lot of the stuff going on. So I get that from that standpoint. But I, I, I enjoyed the work. So I try to kind of separate that a little bit for me. And, and, and to me, I, I enjoyed it. So i uh, move on to the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. It was Kushida uh, taking on the champion Kenny Omega. Kushida, of course, winning the title uh, in a roll, uh, via roll-up fashion. But it was a very triumphant moment. You know, the crowd went nuts. They were into Kushida winning. Uh, Taguchi <laughs> coming out as Doc Brown. I mean, Taguchi, I, I don't know what it is, man. He like kept New Japan a year ago, uh, a year ago. I think Taguchi might win me over in 2016. 
He might do it. I, Him impersonating people, he's just got to keep doing I it. I have already t- I've turned the corner. Okay. Because I'm 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 getting there. I'm not there yet, but that's here, it's here's close, why I've man. turned the corner. They don't even pretend to take him seriously as a wrestler. Right, he doesn't give a fuck. Nobody gives a fuck. Everybody knows he's a joke. When he was being a goofball but still getting like title matches and shit or mm-hmm. being in the mix, it bothered me. I don't want that shit on my new Japan cards. But now he's just a complete goofball and he's not taken seriously. So I'm okay with it. I have no problem with it. So I have turned the corner on him. I didn't think this was their best match together, but I, I didn't. But I did. Dominion, I, I, Dominion would be my favorite. Yeah, but I think I did like it though. Mm-hmm, I liked it too. And I thought the work was solid. And I, I liked that Taguchi made the save with the Bucks. I thought it was a nice little feel good thing. And of course, you know, the roll up, which I was like, you know, Omega's shoulders weren't even down, which bothered me at the time. Now, Rich, do you think that was by design in, I do. in hindsight? Mm hmm. To sort of protect Omega a little bit. Well, I mean, yeah. Let's think about it. I mean, he would have Kushida would have won with a hoverboard lock or something if it, you know. Well, no, I mean, you don't okay, do that look, So, all right, look, they. I understand they weren't going to have Omega tap out because of what they had planned moving forward. But even on the roll up, his shoulder was up. Do you think that was by design to even take it a step further and say? Yeah, I think so because he was fighting it the whole time too. Yeah, I, I think so. To not make him look weak in terms of, oh, because she just got one up on him. and Yeah, no, I, I think it was by design. Because if you know you're going to push him as a heavyweight, yeah. you, you, you say, all right, Kushida can win this match, but we, can't, we have to make Omega look, you know, we have to try to avoid making him look weak in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I thought even at the time there was something interesting about how that roll-up looked and, and, and worked. Because, yeah, I, I don't think that Kenny Omega would have fucked up or Kushida would have fucked up or, or the referee. I mean, we know New Japan referees, they wouldn't have counted that. They, you know, he would have stopped and said, hey, get the shoulders down or, you know, Kushida would have... No, I, I think that's by design. These guys are too good for we that. We saw a something. ref call it like a shoot two months ago or what? Exactly. Right, right. In the, in the red like that, That's especially this company. Yeah, they... Yeah, that's a perfect example of, of, of them completely fucking a match up because the referee didn't want to count if, if it wasn't perfect. The ref like, wasn't willing to allow himself to look like a goof yeah he called mm-hmm. it like a shoot so I, yeah. I, I, I i think there was more to i don't know if omega went into business for himself there i don't think so i think that was by design i'm on the fence i i, I kind of think they just blew it but i i but there, i can see an argument for that being part of protecting omega but i i i, I don't know i'm 50 50 on it mm-hmm. it's like making a murderer i'm 50 50 i don't know if he killed that woman or not you know what I mean? uh, i'm six episodes in i uh yeah i'm still i change still i change my mind every day but uh, yeah you know yeah. if you're not done we'll leave that alone we don't have time for that anyway next next week we'll talk about it next week i'm, I'm sure to do it quickly though so i'll uh i'll let you know by next week uh, move on here. Uh, Great Bashiel, Togi Makabe, Tomiyaki Hanma against the Bullet Club, the IWGP Tag Team Champions, of course, Doc Gales, Carl Anderson. Great Bashiel wins, of course, as we pretty much everybody in the world knew was going to happen, regardless of the statuses of uh, Gallows and Anderson. But uh, what did you think of this match? I just thought it was okay. Um, I thought Anderson and Gallows looked good. Gallows in particular looked really good. But by and large, the match, it just didn't do anything for me. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just not invested in the Hanma story anymore. I don't know what it was, but it, it, it just didn't click with me. I loved it. I thought it was a damn near four-star match. I thought it was the best Guns and Gallows match in forever. I can't even remember a match they've had of this quality. Um, maybe their best match. I really have to think about it. But I thought Gallows, this was his best New Japan performance to date, singles or otherwise, singles tag or otherwise. Um, him and him Anderson just looked like they had a, a, an extra – they were on an extra gear and um, – 
you know, Makabe was excellent in this match, and he can always be hit or miss. And Hanma's always great. You never have to worry about Hanma. So all four guys were great in the match, and I really I, – I, I loved the pacing in the match. I loved how hard everybody worked. Man, I really enjoyed this match. I'm surprised you didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I I should be fair. I mean, I gave it like three and a half, I think, is what my star rating. But I just I expect a lot more. I thought the story of Hanma and, and, and uh, Makabe winning was going to connect with me a little bit more. And it, it just didn't. I don't know. It just was – it was over, and I was like, okay, cool. Maybe it's because I knew it was going to happen. I don't know. I just I, – I didn't get the same I, – I didn't think of it as an excellent match at all. I thought it was good is about the extent I would go with Did it. Did you watch – did you ever get around to the World Tag League final against Naito? I never did, no. All right. Because I thought Makabe and Hanma were very good there, too. So there's two straight excellent matches. And kind of the theme that I was going to run with was maybe we get some good tag team title matches now with this team with the belts mm-hmm. instead of Guns and Gallows. But it looks like they're going to do a rematch based on New Year Dash. So it looks like they'll face each other again. Um, probably a new beginning. So we'll see. All right, move on to the next match. Roki Goto, Tetsuya Naito. We talked a little bit about the booking and, and that sort of stuff, but let's talk about the match itself. Uh, what would you think of this one? Absolutely the right finish. We talked about that before. Um, I, I, this is the match I was disappointed by to some extent. I saw a lot of people throw yeah. like I saw someone throw like four and a quarter at this. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? Did I just watch the same match? Um but I, I gave it two and a half. I didn't, I didn't think it was very good. Yeah, at all. I had yeah. two and three quarters or three or something on it. I, yeah, very, I just I, thought it was. It was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, no juice, which is not good. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. No, like, that's kind of in the theme of Naito, unfortunately. That's it. Month. The like, thing it's, it's Naito. Yeah. These Naito matches, I mean, he had a couple really good matches at G1. Really good matches at G1. Great matches. Great, great, great. Yeah. He had a couple duds at G1. And ever since, I mean, a lot of the stuff at World Tag League, and I didn't see everything. But a lot of stuff at World Tag League was a lot of interference-based and just not very good. The final was excellent, the one I just talked about. It's been hit or miss with him, with this gimmick. So, and this, I wouldn't call it a flat-out miss. It was just, it was just a match. Um, but it accomplished its purpose of getting Goto a strong win, heading into the title match with Okada. And I don't know if you saw the press conference, but Goto beat the shit out of Okada at the press right, conference. Yeah. Stiff so, kick to the stomach and yeah. Yeah, so trying very hard because Okada is being a real fucking wise ass to Goto. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw any of the translated stuff. I did, yes, I did, yeah. So you know, Goto makes the challenge at New Year Dash. It's New Year Dash, by the way. There's no apostrophe. Oh, there's no New Year's. Oh, all right. The show is called New Year Dash, which is awkward to say. I always say New Year's Dash. Sorry, but I'm trying to keep it correct, even though it's very awkwardly worded. New Year Dash. New Year Dash. That's not easy. New Year Dash. Because nobody says – like you say Happy New Year, but you don't say New Year. Any, or, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you say New Year more than I would think. It's just yeah, – I don't it know. It should be yeah, New, New Year's Year Dash, yeah. right? It should be – It really should, yeah. It's New know. Year Dash. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so he challenged them and then Okada, very sassy in his promo, saying, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying we, you wanted to unify our titles, but you don't have your title anymore is what he said. <laughs> you know, like a, like a cocky prick. And then I think at the at the press conference he said something similar and he had that smirk on his face, and uh, Gato came over, uh, Goto came over and wiped that smirk right off his face. He kicked him out of the chair and beat him up. So it's kind of this cool dynamic of the cocky fucking champion and the no nonsense brawler kind of guy. You know what I mean? So it's got a cool right. dynamic, and he has no chance to win. I mean, you know, Goto's going to lose the match, but uh, look, give them credit for putting together a decent build for a match that they know that no one is going to buy. 
into one of the guys winning. So I, mm-hmm. you know, the, the build has been fun. All right, then we'll get to the business end of the card here. Three just incredible matches back to back to back. Uh, we'll start first. Uh, never open weight championship. Shibata versus Ishii. Uh, Shibata winning the title. Of course, we talked about that a little bit earlier. But the match itself, I mean, we've talked about it in the preview that if you're going to have to like what you're going to get from these guys. And I think everybody, when it was over, said, yep, that's exactly what I expected out of these guys. And if that's what you wanted and that's what you like out of your wrestling, it's just men <laughs> hitting forearms and slapping the fuck out of each other and just killing each other, then this is the match for you. I mean, this was the most Shibata Ishii match that a, a Shibata Ishii match can be. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it was just the entire, from beginning to end, it's just... Like you said, the, the 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 dick measuring contest is what it is exactly what it was. Yeah. If that's a st- something you like, you'll love this match. If that's something you hate, you'll hate this match. Yeah. But more times than not, I saw most people. I, I honestly saw I think way more people, even people that I expected to say they hated it, even say they enjoyed sure. it because I think it was just it was such a good of that style. Like even if that's not your style of match, you can respect this is really good at that style of match. You know, sometimes you just gotta shut off your brain and watch two guys beat the living shit out of each other. That's what mm-hmm. I wanted. That's what we got. I liked it. I thought it was a little long. I, well, it got a little long in the tooth there. Exactly my worry is, you know, it got to that like 15-minute mark and they're just still exchanging forearms. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Like, a match like home, this guys. should be a little shorter. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, and that's something yeah. you talked about last week. It should yeah, be exactly. a little on the shorter side. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, this was a great fucking match. And the thing is, it's it still blows my fucking mind. It blows my mind, Rich, that people do not get the psychology of these kinds of matches. They're not no-selling because they're yard tards working in a VFW hall trying to be cool. They're no-selling because that's the fucking point. They're fucking idiots. They're, no, they're dumbasses. That's, that's <laughs> right. the psychology. The psychology. Tomohiro Ishii is a fucking idiot. That's why he no-sells. The, so, the, the psychology know behind to stop it is – no, not even that. The psychology is I'm not going to let you know that you're hurting me. It's not that they're saying they're not hurt. It's that they're, 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 they're these uber-masculine, more guts-than-brains dudes who are too proud to allow the other to know that he's hurting him. That's what it is. And people still think to understand. Ah, there's no selling. That's the point, dummy. And I get it if you don't like it. But at least understand it. At least understand what they're doing. And I, I feel like a lot of the people who criticize it, who criticize this don't understand what they're going for. And mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. The spots, with, the big spot that a lot were complaining about is where they, tech, they took turns sitting down and letting the other guy kick him in the back. Okay? The, the, the point there is that they're challenging each other to hurt the other. That's, look, I, I'm not saying you have to like it, but understand it. You know what I mean? That shit happens all the time. The guys do those chop fests. Even in the even in the wrestling that you love back in the day, like they did that same shit where it was here's how hard can you chop me? Okay, let me take my turn and see how hard I can chop you. That's not a new fucking thing. Because it's it's macho bullshit is what it is. Right. And some and look, it's different. It was different than every other show. And sometimes I like a little macho bullshit in my wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like if you don't, then go watch Drew Gulak grab somebody's leg for twenty minutes. Go, go knock yourself out. I, I'll watch the macho bullshit. 
You go watch Drew Gulak put everybody to sleep by grabbing somebody's well, leg for 20 minutes. If that. And what's funny though is, and I thought in this one, and 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 that's why it was kind of interesting when I did see some of the critiques or whatever. And I, I knew you know we were going to get some of those critiques, but I thought this match in particular they played that up pretty well because there was a sequence where they went for like three straight minutes just doing shit to each other, you know, just na da 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 da. Then they both stood up and then they both like collapsed. And yes. it was like and then, and then the and the crowd went nuts because they went yes these guys gave everything they could possibly do for three minutes because they're fucking idiots and they're macho idiots and they they have to prove that they're better and then they just both stood up and they both fell like oh god we're exhausted yes. <laughs> like like we didn't know what the fuck we were doing for three out for three minutes straight we were out of our minds just hitting each other pain didn't exist and then something snapped in both their heads and they went oh god you, like you, I'm just you, so yeah and it was I was like me. okay there you go right yeah you, you can't hurt me I'm gonna hurt, hurt you fuck you fuck you fuck you oh god and then they both collapse and then they're and then they're both hurt that's the point now right, and then they exactly. both, so they do sell it's just it's like it's like who wants this world where every match the selling is the same and the selling is the same you know what i mean like matters the story matters story yeah we're gonna matters. talk about that in the, we're gonna yeah, talk about that in the main event for, sure. for the main yeah. event but i mean it's a different kind of selling and it's a different kind of sometimes this is an example of no selling actually being this the psychology and and it is selling it's hard to explain but i know that you understand what i'm saying the explanation is it's pro wrestling <sighs> i don't know it, it i mean at the end of the day if you want every cell to be the same and if it, then go watch mma go watch a real sport go i mean that th- they're not out there to you know the it, irony in that though, really, the irony, <laughs> the irony in that is you see mma fights where guys just slug each other for five rounds and and well don't show me either there are more MMA fights similar to what Ishii and Shibata did than to what uh, these selling fetishists think that guys <laughs> do in the ring. It's true. More MMA fights mirror. There's more real fights that mirror what they. I just thought this Ishii this match in particular and the main event. I think both of those were just horrible examples of that because I thought this one. I, I just mentioned the spot right there. They sold because them collapsing and falling from the pain and being idiots. That's the story. That's, That's the payoff to them being right. So like I, of all the matches to care about, and we'll talk about the main event too. That's you know I thought again when. That's not the time to do it. There are plenty of other Ishi matches that if you really want to get on this grandstand, oh my god, da, 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 okay, I'll I'll listen to it sometime. This was not the match to say that. I I'm right with you, man. It's just yeah. go oh. go watch Black Terror. Hand his limbs to his opponent for twenty minutes. I go, just go watch that. Then I don't know what to tell you. Well, Nakamura AJ Styles. I don't know if anybody complains about selling in this one. No, they uh, did. Oh, they did. Okay. Well, yes. I didn't listen to any of it because I don't really listen to that shit anymore because I'm kind of annoyed of it and it's it's boring to me and the argument is tired and uh, and and just lame and takes away my enjoyment of a lot of this the, the, stuff. No, but in all seriousness, the critique here was um, they gave up on work in the back. Did they? Rich, I don't fucking know. All did I know, he? I, did he? Really? I, I, all I know is I watched a near-perfect well, wrestling match in both executions. He did give up. He did. Okay. I'm t- look, Rich, it's not Joe, my argument, Rich. Joe, I'm doing, I'm doing like you would do, I, where you argue, you argue with me even though I agree yeah. with you. So he gets down and he writhes in his, he's writhing in pain. And he goes, oh, not again or whatever. And Nakamura walks away and says, you know, oh, shit, his back's actually hurt. The referee tells him to stop. And then AJ Styles gets up and hits him. Yeah. His back wasn't he hurt. He was fine. Possum. No, but the, the idea – no, 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 Rich. The, the idea being Nakamura worked over the back after that. It didn't work. It didn't work. I, he didn't do it properly. 
<laughs> He's not good at Here's it. Here's the so thing. That's possible. For whatever reason. I can, just, I can go into a fight and decide I'm going to take a guy's shoulder out and I just punch his shoulder for 10 minutes. If I'm no fucking good at it, if I go, if I go into some random UFC gym and say, you know what, I'm going to work this guy's shoulder over, but I'm no fucking good at it, it's not going to work. I, listen. I don't know. It didn't, just because you try doesn't mean you accomplish. It didn't work is never an acceptable answer to a selling fetishist. I don't know. I mean – Nakamura is not good at it. I don't did. know what to tell you. But like, here's the thing: I don't think they he really ever gave up on the bat. I thought that was the so. theme of the whole match. I don't know. I but well, I'm just giving you the. <laughs> you you <laughs> said this is why you said no one complained about the selling. I'm telling you. Okay, I didn't see it, but, but here's the thing: I'll just continue throwing my head in the sand every time. You're a smarter man than me. I I still put up with this utter <laughs> nonsense. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore I mean, it. Yes, maybe I'm being an idiot. These matches that are like some of the greatest matches in the history of wrestling, and it's like. <laughs> amazing well these two these last two matches were just so emotional so much good storytelling throughout like can you imagine at the end of this being like oh, i don't know the back wasn't worked enough you know what i mean like just you must be a, a joy of parties i'll tell you that it's, it's, it's an it's an listen it's an odd way to enjoy wrestling but i you know to each his own but um yeah. but but anyway the match this for the first time in my life I regret a star rating that I gave a match. I gave this match five stars. I gave this match five stars because, in my opinion, the work in this match was fucking flawless. I even wrote that in the review. Find me the flaw. There's no flaw in this match. This was two of the best wrestlers in the world working a perfect match. But I don't. I, I shouldn't have given it five stars because while the work was flawless and the execution was flawless – and the story was great and all of that. At the end of the match, I was left a little empty. And, I, and, 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 and this, isn't a, this is a very minor complaint. But it didn't, the, 